say something, goddammit. You're on television. You're live to the whole world. Hello and welcome to another movie podcast. This is, this is, hmm. My name is Oscar and with me today is... Luke. And a very broken back. Huh? Broke back Ralph. Broke back Ralph. <laughs> Sorry, what's your name? I want people to familiarize your voice with every episode. Oh, okay. Well, that's, just that's why I have you guys say it. Yeah, you know, he said it. That's rough, man. Bloody hell. Anyway, this is episode number 161. And, oh no, 162. I apologize. I fucked that up. 162. Jesus. My first day. And, uh, oh my God, this is Luke's picks. This is a rare event. This is a natural rare event. I'm not going to explain it right now. The three movies we're reviewing, uh, the, the 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 one-off, I would say, the one that doesn't, that has nothing to do with this thing I'm about to say, the specialness of this episode, uh, is a Netflix original film called Blonde, uh, which is a biopic of sorts of Marilyn Monroe, currently on Netflix, like I said. And then the other two movies as the rare event. Um, in theaters right now, David O. Russell's latest film, the guy who made Three Kings and uh, I Heart Huckabees. And, Joy. He did Joy. That's right. Um, his latest movie, Amsterdam, is in theaters right now, and that's what we're going to review today. And we're also doing our marathon, our part two marathon, out of really endless amounts, um, where we're doing anniversaries. So 10 years ago today, or 10 years ago this year, um, Silver Linings Playbook came out. And that's what Luke picked for his uh, for the review today. And Silver Lang's Playbook and Amsterdam, both directed by David or Russell. So it's a rare... Russell-thon. Marathon. Russell-thon. It's a little Russell dual action thing. Luke's yeah. favorite actors in Silver Lang's Playbook, if you guys know. Jennifer Lawrence. I no, Shay Wingham. Shay Wingham. Everybody. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm De a big fan. Well, he's in Amsterdam, too. So... He's had just Silver Linux. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, you could have said Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper was not in Amsterdam. Because every motherfucker was in Amsterdam. I felt like everybody. Was a, that was a big cast. We'll every, get to that later, though. Every, yeah, we'll get to that. But every motherfucking actor that's A-listed is in that. It feels like it's in that movie. Anyway, anyway you can find this, find this episode and all of our other episodes at otherpodcast.com. Not to mention whatever you're listening to us on, iTunes, what have you. Uh, which you also can send us a review. Tell us how terrible we are. I would love to read those. Um... <clears throat> five stars. Also, but five stars. Definitely yeah. five. Per, uh, a star per how bad we are. So do the inverse. So if you give us no stars or one star, I, I don't think you can do no. But if you could do one star, that means you think we're great. And I want to see that. Um, anyway, that's the that's the that's the that's the beginning of this. So now we're gonna get into something we call Luke. What you've been up to? Um, a lot of work, as you're gonna see by my discoveries. I haven't done <laughs> yeah, much. You have none. <laughs> As in you have. Uh, yeah. Uh, mainly because um, last week I went to see the greatest band in the world, Iron Maiden, again. Oh, and are that, they still like your top tier favorites? Type? I mean, they're like one of the best out there. So, yeah. No, I'm, I'm not disagreeing. I think they're great, too. Yeah. So, yeah, the packed house at the fucking United Center. Me standing for fucking hours because my friend's in the fan club. So, we got privileged to go to the front of the barrier. Like, we ended up still third row because... With all the other people that were in the fan club. So, it was a lot of standing, but it was well worth it. Those guys can still put on a show, despite being in the range of 64 years old being the youngest, and 70 being the oldest. Yeah, that make, that tracks, because that's an old-ass band. Yeah. Yeah. 
Nice. So. Uh, by yourself? No, my my friend I okay. went with. Yeah. Good. Yeah, don't go by yourself. Don't be an Oscar. Okay. <laughs> Um, that's it. Anything else? Uh, no, the other band was like uh, the opening band was some band called Within Temptation, and I was like, I would have probably loved this band back when I was in high school. But yeah. now I'm just like, eh, it's been done. Yeah, like, yeah. Female well, fronted symphonic vocals. Like, that's I mean, how it yeah. works. I mean, there are plenty <laughs> but, of movies out there that are really dumbed down for younger audiences. Yeah. So, but the the best part was like when they came out, I was like, hmm, these guys look really douchey. Or European, let's find out. And the singer's like, We're from the Netherlands, and I'm like, That explains it. And you also looked up European means douchey in the dictionary, so really it's the same thing. Um, because you're European, aren't you European, Luke? I- I'm pretty sure I am. I mean, right. block makes sense, it yeah. tracks, it tracks. Uh, how about you, Ralph? How you been in pain? Describe oh. this pain, describe it in a, in a haiku. Go, pain. Like the river flowing. <laughs> I think you're using too many syllables on that first stanza. But Never okay. ending. Maybe. I think it's 575, right? I don't know what the fuck it is. I mean, did we not go to school? Uh, I skipped that part. It goes to Tsushima. Sorry, guys. Oh, dude. Another... No, I'm kidding. It's a great dude, one. Yeah, I know. It goes to Tsushima. One. That, that <laughs> basically is a, a refresher on how. Right. It really is. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, in my old age, I uh, woke up and my back was hurting. Whatever. I went through work back the whole day. I thought it was my kidney, to be honest with you. So I was like, let me drink some cranberry juice. And then I was like, let me drink some water all day. I drink Are like you on your period? Almost three uh, three liters of water. And then I, uh, and then the end of the day, I uh, was like, man, this fucking hurts like a motherfucker. So I was like, it's got to be muscular, though. Um, so then I finally got home, like, battered and beaten. And um, I was like, I... I I need you to work on me. My wife, she did. Um, she put some uh, whatever on me. Iced it out. just say she's a pro pro masseuse. Yeah, uh, massage therapist. Yeah. She. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Anyways, and then she, she was like, "Yeah, I don't know. You kind of fucked up your back." And I was like, "Yeah, no shit." And then I didn't sleep at all. Like I woke up like seven times throughout the night or something. Because of the pain bothering you? Yeah, I just I couldn't get a comfortable spot. And then I took uh, my son to school the next morning. I bought some BioFreeze patches, kind of like an icy hot patch. Um, yeah, yeah. Called, no Vicks Vaporub? Um, and then I... Uh, <laughs> no. And uh, I proceeded to use that for like a week, almost straight, like six days. Just to, yeah, because last uh, time I saw you, which wasn't soon, we, that recently, um, you were ta- you were complaining about it already. <laughs> yeah, but it went away the last two days. Mm-hmm. I was like, work kind of was helping it, but I think I've just been doing too much at work. Um, it's just more than a normal standing. But like, there's less time for me to sit down um which is kind of shitty so uh so yeah i just been kind of stuck and then today i kind of i think i know i overdid it i was i wasn't i was just everywhere in the airport today so it was, just, it was a busy day mm-hmm. and then i um and it's just towards the end i was like ah fucking twinge and then i felt it i was like ah, you overdid it and then i just got home and i was like ah, this, i was just like it's really bad so i was like I gotta put something on. I, I just took bills yeah. before I got on, and it's hurting again. But yeah. Close. Besides close. that, I mean, I have been watching because I did call off last week, one day. So actually, two days. Technically, I had a over. Yeah. I have it overnight overtime day that I technically called off for, and then I had my regular day that I called off for. Um, but I got to watch movies. I mean, the first day I slept all day once the file freeze patch went on, 
the other day I was just like, well, let me just watch something. And I've been actually not wanting watching, not wanting to watch shows in a weird way. I mean, eventually we all get burned out, right? By something. Yeah, it's yeah, just like happens. I just didn't want to watch anything, and just like, ugh, then I got to progress to the next one. The feeling is well known by everyone. Well, it's crazy. Everyone it's in the, in it's the crazy. World. So I wanted to watch something with kind of finality. So I was and like, first world just, problem right there. Let me just, it's a thousand percent a first world problem. So I watched the movies. And, uh, I have oh, a awesome. good list of movies this time around. I can't wait to hear them. That sucks, though. I'm sorry. I hope you get better. (laughs) Sorry, Um, I'm extremely stuffy right now, too. I took some time for that, too. I'm glad you can uh, join us today. Yep. On a a very similar note, you know, to segue on to me, my back feels great. It's been feeling really extra lately. Um, Much better than usual. (laughs) You're the old man of the podcast. I'm the older, right? I'm the oldest. Yeah. Uh, to be I'm fair. basically doing backflips over here. <laughs> right. Uh, when I went back to the Tony right, Hawk no, Pro no, Skater, no, shut up, you. No, 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 let's not lie to each other. Backflips. Okay. What are you saying? No. When I went back to the car after the show, me and my friend, when we sat down, we're like, oh, God, that was painful. Standing for so many hours. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Now you know. We're not getting younger. Now you it's know. Just gonna, it's just a fucking cold, hard fact. Yeah. Um, I called. Oh, yeah, I called you back earlier today to say thank you, and you totally ignored my phone call. By the way. Oh, dude, I was getting slammed. I bet you. I bet you were. I bet you were. And yeah, not in a fun way. I thought you liked. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you corrected that just right. By the way. Um. So I went to a haunted house last week. Uh, first of the season. Um, I can't say I've ever been to one. You never you been, been to, to a one? haunted house? No. Dude, I've been to like 50. How have you been to zero? I've been to at least six. Just never mm, never went. Well, I'll tell you right now. You The enjoyment you w- would have gotten out of it has long passed, probably. <laughs> so, like, there's almost no even point going, unless you want to do it on some sort of novel. Because I'll be complaining about my back? Yeah, my well, that's hurting. the thing is that we, we made a mistake. And now I went with my friend and uh, her boyfriend. And um, it was in Downers Grove. That's what it was. And um, I forgot the name. Oh, Disturbia. That's the name. Disturbia Haunted House, Illinois. There you go. Check it out. Isn't that a song by uh, Rihanna? It is a Rihanna song. And you know what? They did not play the goddamn Rihanna song. I did complain. I did lodge a complaint. But no, they did not do shit. Please tell had, me you They had these actually, loudspeakers. You didn't actually complain. No, I did not. Okay. I complained like to my friends. It oh. wasn't like a real like an internal. Why complaint? would I complain? Why would I? They I don't, don't know. Have that. They don't care. Like a They're all a bunch of theater kids doing stunts and shit in the house. You know, like it's not a. Okay, let's go back to reality now. Were they wearing um, cat outfits? No. I just assume anybody in theater does cats at one point. Has done cats? No, I don't. I don't. You know, that's pretty insulting. I'm sure to them. So send your hate mail to Roth at dot gov gmail whatever. Um. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so we all got the general admission for our 9 p.m. thing, right? I think it was 9. Yeah, it was 9. And, o'clock? Um, yeah, 9 p.m. O'clock. We can drag this out. I don't mind, Luke. Are you sure? Because Roth does mind. I do. Right. Today I do, yes. Today he does. Um, anyway, and we fucked up. We should have gotten, we should have paid the extra that's almost double the price of the general admission, by the way. We should have. Because we ended up waiting in line for two hours. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, we Get were outside. Uh, we were outside, and it wasn't like today. It was a little colder. It was chillier. That's last Saturday, right? Um, and man, um, I'm not saying like uh, by the end. By the end, like uh, the last ten minutes, fifteen minutes of of the waiting, I was starting to feel like the cold and like being tired, being standing up the whole fucking time, and also being. 
you know, uh, on on par, not like record or anything, one of the oldest in that crowd because it was all younger people and shit. Um, was it worth it? No, not really. Okay. It was a fine thing. I I like doing it as a as an annual tradition. You're welcome. Yep. So I went regardless, and I didn't. I don't regret it because I was just talking to Amy from there at the same time as we were complaining about the cold and the wait time, um, which of course they didn't tell us or anything, which is whatever. Uh, they don't care. They already have my money. They don't give a shit. Um, let's see. But the, so uh, my friend uh, had never gone to one, and that's why we went. That was the, that was the, the, the main. Was it like a tame one? Uh, tame for me, yeah, because I don't never get scared in haunted houses. Uh, if anything, I used to go with another friend many years back before COVID, pre-COVID days. Uh, we used to go as a tradition once or twice a year. Where they would throw used panties at you, right? And we would go no, and we would go to see if anyone any one of them can scare us because we would never get scared in haunted houses. So we did it as a fun thing just to see what they do, just to look at the details. Like, oh, that's a cool uh, effect there. That's a cool little room, or that's a cool makeup thing. Whatever. Um, it's just a fun thing. Um, I don't ultimately regret it, but there you go. Um, that's roughly. That's roughly I it. don't ultimately regret it. Well, it was a, it still had pleasant time. <laughs> it's just like the wait time sucks. That, that's what you put in the review. That's what you when you review it. You tell them two and a half stars. I don't ultimately regret it. I don't think I've ever reviewed a haunted house in my life. You sure? I'm not saying. gonna start now. That's our um, next podcast idea. No, although although it's a niche. That is a neat. I mean, I can't. Have you you heard of it? Okay, let's move on. So, um, we're going to do some recent discoveries here. Uh, Luke, what is the movie you saw? Blank? By who? Directed by who? Yeah, I saw nothing. Okay, you saw nothing. Rob, what have you seen? Uh, okay, saw some movies. It is October, guys. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, real quick. Yeah. I also watched sports. So, um, Checo Paris, my boy. After our other podcast, he won. Let's go. Is that and a spell? Second place Check in Paris one. like a Harry Potter spell. Anyways, for those who okay. watch Formula One. Um, so, uh, I saw this uh, horror movie on Shudder. <coughs> Oscars. Um, <laughs> movie's called uh, Dead Stream. Mm-hmm. Quick synopsis. A disgraced internet personality attempts to win back his followers by live streaming oh, excuse me, one night alone in a haunted house. But when he accidentally pisses off a vengeful spirit, his big comeback event becomes a real-time fight for his life. This is written and directed and starring Joseph Winter and Vanessa Winter. Uh, Joseph Winter is the one who stars in it. The other two wrote it and directed it. Um, he also did, in case if you wanted to know, Joseph Winter. He did a segment from VHS 99 the, to Helen Back. Uh, I definitely and acted in it, if do you, not you remember. remember. Because I know you're the one who watches. I've seen that one. I'm, I know I've seen it. I just don't remember what short is what. Yeah, sure, sure, yeah. sure. Okay. So I just wanted to let you know. Anyways, it's a live streaming thing. It's all the tropiness of it. It's actually in there. You know the mm-hmm. guy, the actor, uh, the Joseph Winter guy, mm-hmm. looks a lot like uh, our friend's recent husband. Look, uh, I need you to look it up. Look, both of you guys actually <laughs> so look it up. He so looks just vague. like he looks just like Chris. Uh, What's the guy's name? What's the name, name of the Joseph movie again? Winter. The movie's called Deadstream. Deadstream. Thank you. But anyways. It's cool because he's live. Uh, he does all these like live action stuff. Like he does, he live, he does all these like uh, cameras in the haunted house, and uh, he looks just like Chris. By the way, he look, it's like, he look, dude. Mm. Put, a, dude? Put, put a full what? beard on him. Yes. What's his name? Chris. I think so. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Maybe with the full beard, I can. Yeah. yeah. Put a full beard on him. Yeah. Anyways, besides the point, uh, his name is Joseph Winter, the actor. And uh, anyways, besides that, it is com- comedy horror. So it was funny to watch some of the stuff. Um, and then the house kind of, kind of coming alive and 
they're live streaming on uh, not YouTube, but they talk about all the all streaming events, Twitch and YouTube. They just don't, you know, stream something else or whatever. It's funny. It's funny. It was uh, it was a fun watch overall. Short, um, and uh, some of it was dumb. Some of it was some of it was uh, okay. And I overall had fun with it. It was something kind of like uh, easy to watch. I wasn't super enthralled in it, but at the same time, it was just like... But you weren't oh, bored either. Yeah, I wasn't bored either. Um, well, sometimes I was, but I don't. Anyways, that's uh, Deadstream. Um, this next movie, uh, sticking to comedy, action comedy, I've seen this before, but I don't remember the whole thing, and I don't remember taking it as comedy as I should have. And this is Black Dynamite. Oh, okay. um, yeah, yeah. If you've never seen Black Dynamite, which, Luke, I know you haven't, um, it's uh, it's, he's the greatest African American action star of the 1970s, when his only brother is killed by the man. It is up to him to find justice. That's literally the fucking name of the movie, uh, how the movie's fighting. But it's like, it's black, like every, this is the like spoof of the black exploitation film type of thing. A thousand percent, yeah. It's a spoof oh, okay. of everything. So it's doing all yeah. these like super tropes of pimps. And uh, I don't think I wouldn't call it a spoof like the way scary movie is. It's no, more like uh, it's more. I don't want to say satire either. I don't think it's satirizing it. It's more like a type of itself. Yeah, it's like a yeah. I would say so. Yeah, it's on HBO Max if you want to watch it. It was funny as hell. I was laughing out loud. Like I just forgot how. I remember it was supposed to be like that, but I was like, I'm not into it, and I think that's what it was. That's why I probably never really paid attention when I saw it. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't into. It. That wasn't my type of thing. There's like horrible cuts. There's things that happen, and like it's like he's doing nunchuck moves, and then you have to cut it because you know he's about to hit himself, and then they yeah. cut it to where he fixes, you know, like really yeah. badly, and it's stuff like that, you know. Um, I mean, the movie starts with him banging three girls, and you find out it was four. Um, <laughs> like I'm just letting you know, That's and they all had the best time of their life. You know, it was, it was actually awesome. eight because they were all pregnant. Because they were all pregnant, exactly. Uh, funny, funny movie. Uh, great watch. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Michael J. White. Uh, just a fantastic job playing Black Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a great, great, great stuff going on in that movie. Anyways, um, that's Black Dynamite. That's what I saw. Uh, the next movie I saw is, because, uh, you know, listen, you're going to put out a, a story, a sports story that I'm interested in. I'm, I'm down, down to watch it. Uh, Netflix has a show, a movie, a documentary called The Redeemed Team which uh, follows the story of the 2008 U.S. Olympics men's basketball team and how the Redeem team set a new standard for American basketball. Essentially, that's what happens is that you guys remember the Dream Team when Jordan played, right? Yeah, we were, and, we were the uh, best. So like, yeah, before that, we were shitty, right? That's what we were called the Dream Team. Because before that, we, were using, we weren't using NBA players. Uh, we were only using players from like college. And all these other people were using pros. Right, because you're allowed to use pros. So it doesn't matter. That's so dumb. Right. So, well, they did it because they didn't want to like abuse like the players. They did. Well, why would you play in uh, Olympics and play in the NBA? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it to takes win? you away from. It takes you. Well, it takes you away. Well, that, that's what it was. Well, we got to make this dream team. They make a dream team, but then they mm-hmm. fall off after the dream team. They think they're better than everybody. They barely manage to get like silver or bronze, and they're like, "Whoa, how are we getting silver or bronze?" Only you know, these other teams start picking up, and they can't get anything past bronze. And it's really shitty because now like they're trying, so they make this redeemed. And it's crazy. You know, they see these uh, stuff. Uh, but the big one is um, it's got more stuff for, uh, what's his name? Kobe Bryant. Because Kobe Bryant was part of the redeemed team. Um, so you get to see him. And you know they all talk about mama mentality and all these other things. You have a young, uh, what's his name? Um, what's a, uh, uh, 
You have uh, obviously a lot younger Chris Bosh. All these LeBron? Other, yeah, LeBron. You have a way younger LeBron, but not like way, way younger because he's already in the, the years. He's like part of the losing squad, you know, and to get to the redeem team. But you see all these people like getting into. Uh, this is when like uh, Kobe was like thirty and he's reinventing his like NBA career and what he's gonna do. So it's cool to see like the whole upcoming and like we gotta dominate it. We gotta show them how we're gonna dominate. And it looks and it kind of feels and looks like one of those um, miracle movies, you know, those type of movies where like they come back from a deficit, but you know they have the ability to win, but they have to play a different type of game, you know. Yeah. And it takes a certain type of people, you know, to get them through it and stuff like that. Uh, but it's also like uh, Coach K. Coach K is the guy who's coaching them. And you're talking about like, you know, giving them pride because he's like, I used to be at Army. I'm coaching people who are like, I coach, he coaches college ball. And he's coaching these guys who are in the NBA. He's like, guys, like, you don't need my coaching. You, you know what to do. Like, you don't need me really. I'm just here to like, make sure you work well. Like, you have to blood well together. Like really, that's it. Like you guys know what to do. I don't. I don't need to coach you guys. You know, that's weird. Easy that's, check. That's yeah. true. But yeah, it's a fun movie nonetheless. Um, the Redeem Team. If you want to watch a documentary on sports and you want to, I don't know, feel some pride. I guess. Um, <laughs> feel some pride. <laughs> feel some pride. And then lastly, I saw a movie with Oscar in theaters before my back was blown out. Um, yeah, out of the blow too. Oscar, Oscar, Oscar blew out your back. No, that's not what I said at all. Anyways, this is called. I gave him a few cinder blocks. Smile. <laughs> um, after witnessing a bizarre traumatic incident involving a patient, Dr. Rose Cata uh, starts experiencing frightening occurrences that she can't explain. Uh-huh. Rose must confront her troubling past in order to survive and escape her horrifying new reality. Written and directed by Parker Finn. This had a great marketing. Um, and I was talking to Oscar about it where they did like. I saw the marketing, like yeah, sports games did. and shit. Yeah, they, yeah, they did like, some uh, stunts, novelty marketing for this movie. Yeah, they really did. It paid off. It did pay off. The biggest movie I, right now made twenty million, twenty yeah, million. Yeah, which great. Oh wow! Was, they went to uh, they went to like uh, major Take league football games, and they're getting close to like playoffs. Yeah. They're like right before playoffs, you know. So people are watching these games, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they went right behind home plate where you have to see what the pitcher throws to the fucking batter. You know, you see people in the back and they're smiling like if it's part of the movie. You know? Doing that kind of marketing is really, really clever. The whole, the whole time, you pay for this instead of making a billboard, you're forcing them to do this free advertising, almost right, on these, on these games. Um, and I'm sure you could throw a trailer in there too. I don't know. Anyways, besides the point, uh, great marketing. Uh, the movie was just okay, in my opinion. Um, it was uh, some cool stuff, and I like the ending. Is what it's like. There's like, the cool stuff is towards the end. Um, some of the stuff, like the journey there, is is okay, um, but I just think it's kind of a little draggy. You probably could have made this a tight hour and a half. It's shy of two hours, like hour fifty five. Um, okay. What's it called? Uh, my boy Calpad playing a doctor. Shocker. Um, and then uh, what's it called? But uh, other- didn't, I, didn't I make the joke about house? <laughs> I think you what? did. Yeah, I think you did make this is where he would have gotten if he didn't commit suicide in that show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very much. Spoiler. That, yeah. yeah. For a fucking 15-year-old show. Right. Anyways. Um, so, yeah. The movie has some cool visceral moments. But, again, visceral. I just feel like I just feel like uh, towards the end, they're doing something that I feel like you could have brought it in a little earlier. And it would have been cooler. And just to drag that part out. But they didn't. Um, and then, it's just, it's not horrible. But it's also just, it's just like mid. That's all it is. It's just mid. In my opinion. Um. If you want to go watch it, you can. Uh, you can totally wait for Netflix. 
my opinion. Or, yeah. or uh, Tuesday, $5 holler. If you want to right, that. one of those two. Um, I mean, this movie got all the motherfucking boys to the yard. Um, our theater had, first of all, I, I'm with you on the marketing. Yes, fucking bang on marketing. It did so much for the movie. Um, considering that no one is, uh, the, especially the lead star, no, is kind of unknown. Bunch of yeah. unknowns, really. Um, uh, Susie or Sozie Bacon? Sozie Bacon, yeah. Uh, Kevin Bacon's daughter. So, uh-huh. no, but doesn't work. Um, anyway, um, besides that, uh, you know, the we all, and, and not only did it happen in our movie theater, Roth, but it happened um, everywhere. Other people have been saying it because um, I listen to you know podcasts and reviews, and um, we had this thing where like a bunch of people, bunch of parents brought their kids in, bro. But like this family came in. Deep, bro. Deep. deep. Was a few what is wrong kids. with people? Ah, dude, they brought, like, okay. Yeah, the one it was of the bloodline of children. Yeah, the one adolescent who was, like, 14, maybe 15. It was, like, everybody else dragon was, like, over there. It was, like, 14, yeah. 10, right? 9. And the thing is and that they're like old six, enough to, uh, to like, like, get that something bad is happening on screen. It's not yeah. like they can't understand. And they were crying. Yeah. They were crying during some... Because the movie's pretty, like, violently loud and in your yeah, face. Yeah. It's a very like startling kind of kind of movie. It also, was just not good. Also, they, they just, this movie scarred them. That we also, saw a scarring happen. It's kind of psychological. There's a lot of there's stuff going on a lot in the movie about like yeah. what you perceive. You know, a suicide. By so, the way, right? So yeah. like, could you could you imagine like kids seeing that and like, well, now I don't believe that's real. That's real but in their own head. Like that's bro, that's fucked up. You can't show that to kids. Like yeah. maybe the fourteen year old, even that that kid's fucking scarred. But like everybody else should have been like, they were, you were, they were. Get a babysitter, wait in the car. I don't yeah. know, bro. Something. Oscar, next time you, if you ever write a movie script, huh. and it's a, like a hard R movie, what you got to do is you got to be like in the script, you like Santa's not fucking real, Tooth Fairy's not real, there is no Easter Bunny. You know, no one's gonna. <laughs> This is such a fabricated fantasy you're saying that I'm going to make a movie where those kids parents challenge. will bring kids in for. So I, I'm making a kids movie now? Is that what you're saying? In no, you, you, you make a hard-hard movie, but in case somebody brings oh, their kids to, to see it. Here's the thing is that I do think that a lot of parents brought their kids in because the movie's called Smile and they have no idea what they're doing. I honestly think. You know what I'm saying? The, I honestly think the kids were like, we should go watch a horror movie. That Smile movie's out. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad will take us. I could be that us, too, and it I could, think it's it what could it was. be that. Like, it, like in the nineties, they they definitely took us to that kind of. Yeah, because kids think also they know better, you know, like. Well, you know, yeah, like I get that. We thought so too. We were watching Nightmare yeah. on Elm Street movies. I don't remember it scarring us ever, but I know. Then again, that's well, you know, you know that's what, not what how not, trauma works, though. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. You know what did get me away from being afraid of Nightmare on Elm Street right. is uh, Daddy slapping the TV and laughing at at Freddy Krueger. At Freddy Krueger, yeah. For Freddy Krueger is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, yeah, but like as a that in hindsight, for, in hindsight, that's for the kid yeah. who's like, I gotta go dream now. You know? yeah, I go to sleep. After this. <laughs> I have to go to sleep and think Don't about. Give me warm milk, mom. Don't right. give me warm milk. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Anyway, smile. Uh, I thought it was like it's a mix of like The Ring and It Follows. It only worse than those two movies, um, mm. but it does mix those two. Uh, it, I think yeah. handedly. You have a it few does, days yeah. to live. Uh, yeah. it, it goes one by one in succession, um, and like It Follows, it's uh, you see the horror that no one else can see. Constantly there, berating you, taunting you, closer to your death. Um, but that's the, that's the it for the comparison. Quality, craftsmanship, all that's gone. Um, I didn't like the movie even quite as much as Prof did. I, I kind of went downhill as I as it progressed. My favorite bar, uh, part of the movie is the first act or so when I didn't know what was happening. 
Um, once well, the year yeah, was solidified, because it was really tense. It was tense. It was suspenseful. It was yeah. great. I didn't know what yeah. was going on in a good way. And I was like, yes, yeah. yes, give me. Yeah, the and the then, movie's doing a great job. And yeah. then the movie, like, oh, it's going to be just her the whole time crying and no one's going to believe her. Yeah. Didn't we go through this for like the last 30 years in horror movies? Right, yeah. I'm like, I'm so sick of this. Well, that's and like, I that's what I was saying. Like, I like, yeah. like, that's how I was, I had said it. Like, it was great. It was great. Like, the, the, the first half, because it was like, okay, like, we don't know what's going on. They're doing a great job of keeping the audience in the dark as well. Of like, yeah, not even, like, good. and the actress is like nailing it. She, she does nail it. She almost yeah, saved the I, movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But I, like, I, I felt uh, semi weirdish and, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil this. I'm not going to say it. I'll say no, it off, off here. We're not reviewing it. Some video. No. Um, yeah. But so I, um, I did feel some stuff towards like towards the end that there was better things that could happen. I just yeah. sadly yeah. wasn't implemented. Ditto. Ditto. Um, cool. Even but those are cool. Like final boss type of, let's <laughs> just say, it was supernatural entity. That's pretty bad. I love that stuff. It felt very cool. It felt like a video game. But like, and it was just like by itself, it was cool. But then with the story and everything, where it leads, like ah, fuck that movie. So that's how I ended up feeling at the end of it. Um, so obviously we segued into what I've been watching. I've been watching some horror movies as well. One of them, also on Shutter, called Glorious. Um, I'm not going to ask if you guys have seen it. After a breakup, Wes ends up at a remote rest stop. He finds himself locked inside the bathroom with a mysterious figure speaking from an adjacent stall. Soon Wes realizes he is involved in a situation more terrible than he could imagine. What terrible situation do you imagine at a rest stop bathroom, guys? No toilet paper. Okay, one. Okay, what about you, Luke? What do you think? I can't spare a single square. You can't spare a square? <laughs> now, Rob, you can't take Rob's thing. You guys to make up your I own. I just said that, yeah. yeah. I mean, somebody busting through the door and like... There is a hole that connects both uh, stalls. Does mm-hmm. that help you? Glorious. Glorious. glorious huh? okay. Yes, this is like hard. Okay, no, 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 it's a hard. Somebody com- bust. No. no, you're taking a dump. Somebody busts uh, in the door. Says, "Spread your legs and peace between your legs." Oh wow, that is worse than the spare square thing. That is the worst thing. Because yeah, yeah. you could always just and they you have know, bad put aim. yourself after. What? <laughs> 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 should just get you head to toe. <laughs> that missed the whole turn. <laughs> it's like that Tarantino joke in Desperado. <laughs> Well, I, I think of, uh, I think, yeah. yeah, it is a Tarantino joke. Yeah. Yeah. I think of what's it called, uh, uh, Dirty Work. The guy just comes in drunk. Hey man, that was one hell of a piss. <laughs> <laughs> the the funniest bit in that movie, by far. <laughs> one of the funniest, yeah. Oh, yeah, for me. Anyway, uh, yeah. back to this movie here. This is on uh, Shutter, like I said, one of their whatever. Um, it has three actors only, and one of them only for one scene. That's Sylvia Grace Krim. But it has Ryan Kwanton and J.K. Simmons as the voice of the of the being on the other stall. So J.K. Simmons isn't in the movie, but he is the voice. Um, kind of like, um, what's that movie with Scarlett Johansson? Her. Kind of like her. Um, anyway, uh, Ryan Quanton. Have you guys ever seen, uh, um, what is that vampire show on HBO? Fuck. Whatever. True Blood. Have you guys seen True Blood? Uh, yeah. First season. He first plays uh, Suki's, Suki's dumbass brother that sleeps with everyone. Do you remember him? Uh, yeah. That's the main actor. He is the star of this movie. Uh, so you are so bummed out about this, Oscar. What am I bummed out about? That he's the main star of the movie. Uh, no, did, did I sound bummed out? Yeah, no, dude, you sounded like, like you were like, he's oh, the shit. main star of the movie. Like, My bad. Yeah. No, I was going to say, this is a pretty, I mean, I thought he was fun in it, um, but maybe I, maybe I overdid it in my head. I apologize. Sounds like you hate the guy. I guess I do. I guess I do hate the guy now. Um, 
uh, anyway, whatever. He, he's he's fun. It's like a uh, it's a horror comedy where um, he's a desperate loser guy gets in there. A god starts talking to him. That's who is next to the stall. Anyway, he says he's a god, proclaims himself as the god, and he locks uh, Wes into the bathroom. And, and the whole movie takes place basically in one location. So obviously a very indie movie. And uh, but I like one location movies if they do it well. I would say this one isn't like that. It wasn't. It's not done like amazingly, but it's not done terrible either. Um, it's a it's a one off. It is a it is almost a background movie, but pretty good. It's, it keeps my, it kept my attention. I think, I think it'll do for you guys. Um, it's not like gonna break the bank, but it was a cool idea that you know, like out of all places in the world and the universe and all the gin joints, right? There is a guy next to this rest stop at the stall looking for this one guy that comes in at the right time so he can convince him to do something. What that is is what the movie has a fun time revealing. And I had fun time discovering it, honestly. So um, it is meant to be taken more lightly, though. It isn't like an out and out, like um, like a you know, um, like a comedy capital C, but it is comedic. So you're supposed to take it all in in vain. So um, yeah, that was uh, that was glorious on Shutter. I recommend it. It was a fun time. Recommend it for a fun time. Um, so I was looking for this other one, IMDb. Um, it's possible that my friend gave me the wrong title because I didn't see it by myself. I didn't pick the movie. But I'm just gonna I'm just gonna wing it on this one. I saw a movie on Prime Video called Margot, uh, but not like Margot Robbie. It's Margot with uh, M A R G E A U X. And I looked it up on I couldn't find it. I think the title has more to it, but I don't know. Maybe I got it wrong. Um, Margot is a horror movie that's very modern world, modern modern age, and it's about a um, a house. A high-tech, super rich, like billion-dollar kind of rich house that is automated. The entire house is self-automated. You talk to it like a like a giant Alexa or a, a Google Drive, whatever, and uh, it does whatever you want it to. Cooks, it cleans, it makes shit up. It has three D printers to make things that you want it to make. Does it do your uh, homework? It would do your homework. Hundred percent. I can't That's imagine. A big right there. I can't imagine it wouldn't do your homework. I'm pretty sure it'll give you a blowjob if you ask it nicely too. Um, so this is one of those horror movies, like many others, like um, when a new technology is, you know, into the mainstream in some way, you make a horror movie to present why it's a terrible idea to make it, right? Um, this is one of those. So, like those movies about marijuana back no, in the I day? Technology. I said technology. <laughs> I don't know what you heard. But yeah, it's not like, you know, to demonize something, you know, technology, yeah. but like, you know. Yes. You're right. I mean, like Ghost in the Machine. I would say like Ghost in the Machine or The Lawnmower Man, you know, like these you know, more, I mean, those are old ass fucking whatever, man. Uh, what's that? Unfriended is a good one, right? Yeah, yeah that's a good one. Okay, that's a more modern one. Um, and this movie was fun. I had fun watching it about the same as, uh, same level as Glorious, I would say. And uh, as far as like keeping my attention and it was a fun time, um, I feel like it could have gotten a little better. Yeah. Okay. A little better. Um, uh, it could have gotten a little better, but you know, it was like a, it was, it was a very self-discovering kind of fun movie, and I liked the, I liked the, the main actress that kind of leads the whole thing at the end. Uh, remember that episode in The Simpsons, guys? When uh, it was, I think, one of the Halloween ones, where uh, there's a, they go to that one house they're staying at, and it's trying to kill Homer to stay with Marge, and the house is like, uh, is voice acted by Pierce yeah. Brosnan. Yeah, it's I like remember. that. It's yeah. like that, the horror movie, oh, okay. but live act. It's exactly like that, but not yeah. funny. Just Wasn't not that one funny. of the Halloween ones? It, I just, I just said that. Tree house, tree, tree house. There you go. I couldn't think of the name. Yes, yes. Sorry. sorry. Um. Yes. Yes. Uh. 
So it is just like that. So if you've ever been interested in watching a full budgeted movie, live action version of it, it is not too far off. It does everything you, not everything that the episode does, but like it goes to the full length of it. So, um, so and, and another excuse and yet another reason to say fuck AI, you know, one of those things too. So, okay. okay yeah. Again, that's on, um, on Prime Video. It's called Margot something. Just write Margot something. Um, and you will most likely find it. Cool. Um, all right. I'm now looking for the other one here. I saw another horror movie. This one was on Hulu, I think. God damn, I don't remember, man. I want to go with Hulu. Um, it's called The Accursed. Okay. The Accursed. This one I really recommend. Hannah uh, spends 20 years suppressing a mal, mal, hmm, maleficent curse that was placed upon her bloodline, only to have a family member knowingly release it release it, forcing her to kill or to be killed. Um, so this is a witch, curse, magic kind of movie. Um, written and directed by the same duo. It's two people that did it. Catherine Michelle and Elisabetta Vidovic. Or Vidovic. Uh, Luke, maybe you can double check my, my, my pronunciation there if you want. Um, and this is a, a lot of people you guys never heard of, but like Yancy yeah. Butler, Mariah Walsh, Isabella Vidovic. So really that's nepotism. George Santis, uh, Melora Walters. All these sound really white. <laughs> Goran Vizhnik, you've seen him before. I can't even pronounce his name, and I know that guy. Um, but basically, a lot of unknowns. Um, and this movie is a pretty solid um, horror movie. And it is, I would say, it's equal parts horror to its mystery and to its drama. So it isn't like pure horror the whole time. But it has a cool, a very, in, very interesting story about family and traditions and religion and very much about regret and the sense of your past, uh, what it means to, you know, deal with consequences. What does it mean to deal with them being faced, uh, forced upon you, even if you want to, you know, find reparations in some way. It has all these things tying into it. And it's uh, the entire movie, also a low budget movie, takes place in one location and like this like neighboring forest and like two buildings, you know, two like house buildings uh, or structures. And, uh, but they do a lot, they do a very good job of establishing that what works in, in this universe, what's going on here is real. And what happens from that point is, is extremely well realized. And uh, even though you, I, I think yeah, you Luke will especially like the ending. Uh, but anyway, but despite where it goes, even if you Full don't like closure, yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah, um, but in a different way, and I don't know what you're thinking. It's, don't expect everyone to die. Um, but it's a very good movie, and I really enjoyed it. And I'm not saying too much because I don't want to spoil it, really, because I can't. I do want you to see it. So, um, and it's not very popular either. So I figure this is the time to highlight it. If it was popular, I would say more. But I really don't want to spoil it. Um, but highly recommend. Um, that's the Accursed on Hulu, I believe. And last but not least, this is not a horror movie. It's the first non-horror, I think, right? Um, yeah. I saw Three Thousand Years of Longing. Oh, Have you heard it? of this? Uh, yeah, I know of it. The Idris Elba and what's her face? Uh, Tilda Swinton. Yes. yes, this movie stars Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba. Um, a lonely scholar on a trip to Istanbul discovers a jinn who offers her three wishes in exchange for his freedom. Jinn means genie. Yes, it does. It's a Middle Eastern genie, I guess. Right? That's what it is. Um, Are they all Middle Eastern. Yeah, right, aren't they? Yeah, I don't know. It's just another thing for it, I guess. Uh, I mean, there is a difference, and the movie does say it, but I'm not going to, like, like not spoil it, but I'm, I'm not going to, like, get it wrong by accident by saying something. Um, this is the latest by George Miller. 
the amazing man who brought us uh, Mad Max Fury Road. This is his latest film. Obviously, he's doing this project between his next Mad Max movie. Um, guys, it is great. It is a really awesome movie. I, I know people have been bitching. I don't know why. Yeah, I have heard the bitching. What I've what bitching it. have they been? Saying? You know I'm what? I curious. think it's I curious. think it's Tilda Swinton. I don't. I don't. I think a lot of people. Tilda Swinton is this treasure, national I, treasure. I honestly think people don't like her because of her like her weird facial alien expressions. Face? Yeah, it's like she's she's she very like, uh, she's a very facial expression person, which I love that by the way. She's perfect. She can play any role. She can play a lamppost. If she wants to. She can just do anything. That's the whole point. She can do whatever. <laughs> I mean, she has. She plays. She can play an angel and a little kid in the same movie, and we and we'll be fine. Um, because she's done that. Anyway, this is a, a great movie. Besides the Tilda Swin thing, but also because of her, um, it's a, a great movie about storytelling. Really, it's about the way stories are made, the way it gets passed down through not just generation, but through the eons of time of humanities. You know, like from verbal oratory to written to the movie you're watching, right? And it um. It has a, a, amazing visuals, a lot of flashback regarding Idris Elba's telling his story about how he came to be stuck in that bottle um, and the one that Tilda Swinton finds him in, right? And how these stories that he's telling, the, the stories that she is familiar uh, because she collects stories and orates them to uh, other cultures and, and finds the origins of them as a profession, um, you know, it gets really into all that. And it's just like a really harmonic uh, a story between two, I don't want to say people because I guess a jinn is not a person, but whatever he entities? is. Entities? Entities, yeah. The two the entities titties. there. Um, no, no, that's not what I said. Um, and it's a very great movie. Very hopeful and warm and visually striking and very adult also. Like, definitely not for children. Do not bring them to smile. Do not bring them to this movie. Um, is it because of fornication? I believe so. There is some of that. There's a lot of violence too. Um, also, just like they're not, not going to understand anything that goes on. Nothing. <laughs> you will not understand what the fuck is going on if you're a child um, in this movie. There's nothing like that talks down to you at all whatsoever. You just fucking you just know it. It's gin and that's it. And uh, I'll leave this one last thing for this movie uh, before we're moving on. Um, you would. There was no way you guys wouldn't have a wish, right? If you ever came across a gin. Right? Yeah, I wish for yes, more wishes. My, my biggest problem here with, that with, the, okay. with the wishes is like if there was what what am I getting? Am I getting the typical three wishes? I would probably blow a single wish on something really like weird. Yeah, <laughs> it's a test wish. You do I a don't test know. Wish? Yeah, I you would do I would. a test wish. Huh? I think I would. I mean yeah. I would I would think about it long about what the test wish is mm-hmm. to make sure I still get something decent out of it, right? Yeah. But at the same time I'd have to you know, just so I can see I'm not getting Played like the monkey paw situation, you know. Yeah. Um, have you guys ever heard of the Johnny Cash song? Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Anyway, a Satisfied Mind, um, where a Satisfied Mind is uh, infinitely more um, appreciative and uh, long lasting than a uh, than a rich man in ten with a Satisfied Mind, right? Um, it's, sorry, I'm paraphrasing a lot there. But like, can you imagine a, ca- a version of yourself where you guys would be so satisfied you wouldn't need a wish? No. Uh, yes. Well, this movie it ta- gets into that. 
that idea, that question uh, very heavily in a way that I never would have anticipated because I grew up in a very selfish world that I, too, am a part of. So like, I have things to wish for. Yes. Yeah, of so, like, obviously. But, like, imagine what, what would a djinn do coming across that kind of person? That'd be um, a crazy wish. Can you imagine? What? The peace of mind of never having to worry about something. Well, that's the thing is this person does think that they have that already um again not tuning my own i'm not gonna spoil it anywhere but anyway it's like it's an interesting idea that really i never thought of before this movie came across my desk here so all right so that's it for our recent discoveries um we're gonna take a break when we come back though we're gonna review our first film of the evening uh which is what luke amsterdam you said that almost with an accent stay with us In the 1930s, three friends witness a murder, are framed for it, and uncover one of the most outrageous plots in American history. Amsterdam. Huh. By David O. Russell. Mm-hmm. Continue, sorry. <laughs> so it is <clears throat> starring everybody that's big in Hollywood, mm-hmm. uh, like Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, uh, John David Washington, Chris Rock. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, Zoe Zaldana, Mike Myers, Michael Shannon, Timothy Oliphant, Andrea Risenborough, I don't know, Taylor Swift, Matthias something, Alessandro something, Rami Malek, and Robert De Niro. All those are big actors, even the ones you didn't know how to pronounce. <laughs> yeah. They're all big actors, by the way. <laughs> Matthias who? Schoenarts? And been in tons of things. Tons and tons. Yeah. Alessandro Nivola. <laughs> Andrea Riceborough also. Uh, she was in uh, Possessor. I believe those are. So, um, yeah. oh, and the actor Mike Wire is crazy. Yeah. Perfect. So it's Halloween, uh, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Semi based on a true story about real events that happened in the United States, uh, something called the Business Plot, which was a 1933 conspiracy to install a dictator into the U.S. government. <laughs> yeah, whole set this of is the, uh, Russell's first movie since Joy. 2015. This guy went like seven years without. Yeah, I don't feel like making a movie. Well, he has that kind of fuck you status. He doesn't have to do shit. You know what I mean? No, I don't. I don't no, think he was that big. No, he. No, he's. Yeah, he's humongous. I mean, you guys really, uh, really not remember his like his comeback tour? No. Sorry, I don't want to interrupt your beginning. So oh, we can talk about it later. About, like, I mean, I don't know about him until. Probably Silver, Silver Linings, Linings in American yeah. and Joy. And then I know he did The Fighter, but I've never seen that one. So, amazing. If anything, it's better than... I never saw Three Kings, but The Fighter is the one I saw. So, uh, okay. So, um, he, he did uh, Three Kings, right? And then he did uh, um, High Heart Huckabees. And both of those were uh, famously for... I mean, he's still famous for this. He still does it. But like he was famous for those movies for um, being a complete, utter asshole on set. To everyone, all the time. There's a famous video of him yelling at Lily Tomlin from Huckabee's, and like, like really going off his fucking rocker. He's that kind of guy. He's that kind of management, you know. And uh, he was a total dick to everyone all the time, things like that. And he was put like on a blacklist or something, and he wasn't allowed to direct things. He w- no one gave him any projects. No one, nothing. Uh, even though he writes his own shit usually, or even if he adapts it, no one gave him anything until the fighter. You can rape women and stuff, but, you know, heaven forbid you're an asshole. I don't think he did that, but he was... No, 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 I'm saying, oh, yeah. 
they'll let rapists and stuff. On the oh yeah, I see. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. You're right. That's even more poignant. Um, so cut to what you know, a few years after that, ten or something, whatever it was. <clears throat> he does uh, the fighter um, with Christian Bale being um, also a rising star as well. He was already pretty star, like, like seventy pound Christian Bale. That was still before the Dark Knight, right? No, that so, was the mechanic. The mechanic, yeah. Um, and then the Silver Lines Playbook cemented his complete stardom because Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah. And basically, Christian Bale and Brad, Brad Cooper are the the rising the trio of rising heavyweight stars that came yeah. up with him. So all the movies Gigantic. they made after that, and the fact that they kept wanting to come back and work with him despite all his shit, kind of gave him all the props. So he has fuck you status in money. Yeah. He really does. I mean, yeah, it's just it's just funny because and they're not bad him. movies. He, he's also good at making movies. Yeah, well, I never saw American. Did I, no, I, see, I did see American? So. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. All right, so um, yeah, so Raphael, what did you think of Amsterdam? Damn, I used your full name. Yeah, no. Um, I thought it was uh, I thought it was a fun movie to watch. It was there's a there's some stuff going on. I thought it was a little long, also, but um, yeah, just like two hours and change, I think. Yeah, two hours and change, but I I felt like the movie was it was weird because like I. The movie's all over the place, first of all. Very especially, especially in the beginning. The beginning of the movie, the movie is just like, there is, they're just, they're just throwing shit everywhere. And you're like, well, what are we doing? Like, well, what are we doing all of it? And I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and you're just one of those. It's just like, okay, it's, I gotta, I gotta have like 10 strings going, like 10 different fucking things to remember, you know? Um, this is just a lot, like I said. Uh, and uh, overall, I thought the movie was fun. Uh, there's some good acting, obviously. There's, Great, great actors in it. I dig a lot of the ending, especially because of the, I guess, the historical value of it, um, and the, the whatever of the true, based on the loosely true events or whatever. Um, I dig yeah, I that think- a lot, but I also dig a lot of like those side. Char- I, I I I love the side characters. I think more than our main characters. Um, I think they're very unique and get to work. Uh, outside of the box, um, uh, or maybe oh, it's weird because yes and no. One feels totally in his wheelhouse, um, but at the same time, it just feels like from what I normally see the person in, not that much. Um, but yeah, I just I felt like the movie was just just okay. Um, if I'm compa- if I'm consider I'm comparing it to a David O. Russell films that I have, um, it was just okay. There is a lot of stuff going on, craziness. I just felt like. Uh, I felt like how it ends up getting to where it does towards the end of the movie, um, it worked out. I just, I just think like the movie got there on accident, and like that's how the director got there too. It felt like that, and I don't know if that was the way the movie wanted it to do it, and if that was the case, then I guess mission accomplished. But uh, it just felt like very much like it stumbled there. Like, and I get, I, I did feel like the movie wanted it, like that was what it was telling you. Um, but yeah, I was just, I don't know, it was weird. The acting's great. It's just, it's just weird to say it's just an okay movie when you have all these amazing stars, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oscar. Speaking of all these stars, I, I heard you really love the ensemble cast. I don't know why you're lying with that fucking setup of a goddamn question. Um, I, I have a mixture's all thing on this movie. Uh, I like, uh, uh, I love, or I even liked or love a lot of aspects of the movie, um, but also really didn't enjoy other parts uh and unfortunately one of those parts i did not enjoy 
uh, as Luke fucking just fucking teed up for me, is uh, the fact that this is a star-studded motherfucking cast. Yeah. And I think it deters from the fucking movie. I'm not saying it distracts me. We're like, oh, my God, it's this guy. Oh, my God, remember that movie? I'm not saying that. But, like, it is not exactly not that either. <laughs> like, it is distracting. You see, you don't see the character they're playing. You're seeing the actor that's playing yeah. them. It, yeah. You know, in every fucking role. I mean, you name the first, like, dozen. Uh, they're all fucking well-known. And then now, take out the ones that are sure they're not household names. You still have, like, ten. Yeah, so, like, no. Taylor Swift? Yeah, Taylor Swift is in this fucking movie. Um, yeah. I saw it with my, uh, my friend James, our communal friend James. Um, and he was like... He's like, is that Taylor Swift? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, is this her first movie? I'm like, no, unfortunately, I saw her in Valentine's Day like 10 years ago. Um, she was in a different movie. Yeah, she was in a movie. She was in a different movie. She was in a rom-com with uh, Taylor Lautner. I saw it. It was a date night type deal, and I had to see it. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, you should <laughs> Sounds be. like it sucked. It sucked really bad. I still remember it. Ashton Kutcher was in it. It was a stupid plot. I hated everything. Anyway, um, but she was in it. So... I just think it, it complete. It was distracting, and not and like it, it wasn't distracting because I couldn't keep it focused. But it's because it's just too much going on on top of the fact that I'm seeing an actor play the role and not the fucking character. That's you know, like I just said. So that's one. But it's not the biggest issue though, and it's by far not a big issue either. It was just like, you know, yeah. It, t- it just took me a while to get used to them all. You know. So uh, okay. aside from that, I have a problem with the story. I do have a problem with the way it's told. Right, so so the story, it's kind of. Starts in one place, flashbacks, goes Dude, forward. It, it's yeah. it's very convoluted plot. I felt like I was but, watching American Horror Story. But, but it just, it's three friends. Uh, yeah. Two are soldiers that got really hurt in the war. World they War go, One, World yeah. War One, yes. The Great War. The war to end all wars. So right, the, that's what they called it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, so they get really hurt. And then there's this nurse that they meet. And mm-hmm. uh, she, you know, helps them. A heel that she takes them to Amsterdam. Yeah, she's, she's very bohemian and uh, yeah, yeah, very hippie, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, eventually they're like the best of the friends to make some crazy pact. Mm-hmm. But then this guy, go, main guy, goes back home to be with his wife, who really doesn't care for his ass. And then yeah. the other guy goes back, despite being in love with the chick. So fifteen years down the line, now they all meet up somehow due to the weird series of constants. Yeah, series of events. Yeah. I feel like, uh, look at me wrong. I entered like, uh, well, I mean, this is more of a spoiler thing mainly, but like, I, I, I mean, I like that the, the, there's a lot of rich characterization, especially in those flashbacks, right? I don't want to take that away. I don't even want to shift the scenes around. I don't know exactly what I want, but like, I fear, like, I figure, like, either get get rid of all those flashbacks, which makes the movie like way shorter, um, like an hour shorter, right? Um, and just have the actors act out their fucking chemistry that they've built up from those flashbacks we don't get to see. Because you know what? They're fucking good actors. They can fucking do it. Um, or, like, maybe do it chronologically or something else that doesn't feel so jarring. Because I felt jarred in this movie. Because the story has a cool story, I think. I mean, when you said it was an outrageous, what was it, outrageous plot in the synopsis? Outrageous yeah. is the right word. It is outrageous. Um, and a lot of the stuff that they get on is, is funny. And it is outrageous. And their situation it just keeps, like, building on it. All that I get, and I think it would have been way more fun if the pacing was just fucking way better. Um, but that said, though, what I did love about the movie, and this was throughout the whole thing, I did like their chemistry a lot. The three friends. Yes. I think they amazing. all clicked a lot. They, they, they saved the movie. They made it watchable for me. 
Um, even though I was like fucking lost in that first scene and the first act, like Ross said, I was lost. I don't know what they, who was who, why they're looking for this dude. I don't know. I, I was like lost for a while there. And then I eventually caught back up and no big deal. By the time I got to Rami Malek, I'm like, all right, I know everything's going on. Um, but, uh, Margot Robbie and Washington and, uh, Bale, they, they killed it. They were, they com- very convincing friends and lovers going on there and not yeah. in a menage a trois way. So yeah, that's, uh, those are my thoughts on it. I did like a very like you know with the whole World War One thing and how they treated veterans and shit like that. Yeah, we didn't stray away from that. And man, some of the shit that they had to do, like to you know hide their scars and things like that, like these these, like fake patches. Right. It's crazy how um, we take that for granted now, right? Like we give veterans have like amazing benefits now, right? Not amazing, Mm. but like significantly way better benefits. Well, they get benefits for life. What I'm saying, they have benefits. There's things in place yeah. for them. You know what I'm saying? And like, and I feel like that's heavily set, right? I see ads for it all the time. I see they have their, you know, you can sign up for the special banking with them, you know, like with only for veterans and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's yeah. a lot of things like that that you, that you can see. Of, and you, you're like, oh yeah, I guess we didn't really care for people like this. Because we never had to deal with this influx of, you know. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the great wars of the 18th, 19th century, um, 20th century, sorry, um, did, uh, did change a lot of that. Obviously, to a detriment to a point, too. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Because we're a big war machine but, now. It, it's, but, just, yeah. right, it's just crazy <laughs> to think. Like, I don't, you know, I never, I know they struggled, they just didn't see where, you know. Yeah, you know, those mass things, uh, which was, um, I'm glad they didn't, like, Shy away how it looked because I think that looked about as accurate from the pictures that were shown back then because I've seen a few from back then. Um, it reminded me of that one uh, badass killer character from Boardwalk Empire. Anyone seen Boardwalk Empire? Nope. The sniper guy. He was uh, injured in World War One. His face. He had that mask, very similar, like that same kind of plastic oh, yeah. thing. I don't know what it was, plastic or ceramic. I don't know what the fuck it is. I think it was ceramic mainly because um, uh, I don't think they had plastic the way they do today. <coughs> Um, and it was kind of like, it was like, it had the same feel to it. I'm like, oh man, that's kind of unnerving, but you like, also you can't help but look at it more and, uh, which is obviously rude if you do it in real life, but like, guess what? It was a movie. I can, I can stare all I want. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Uh, what else you guys want to put in here or talk about before spoilers? Good question. I don't know. Um, I do agree with you. You, you did a great job of describing the actors like you do see the actors as the actors not as the roles they're playing it's interesting um even Tim Oliphant looks like Tim Oliphant it's just it's just weird it is weird to say that I don't know if because they're so big and we expect different things or different roles in them I, I don't know I don't know what that is or I don't know if it was just whatever they were doing just wasn't enthralling enough I don't know yeah it's interesting to, to have that issue, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think we got the. I think we should get into spoilers because there's some stuff to talk about. Wait, I don't know if we got Luke's opinion. Oh, did we? I thought we did. No, not really. Um, movie was fine. Probably never going to watch it again unless it's like a cheap rental or a cheap buy on iTunes. And, uh, definitely convoluted plot all over the place in the beginning, like Oscar said. Uh, but uh, some really great performances. Yeah, that's in there for sure. Yeah. Uh, how would you rank it in the Russell movies you've seen? Oh, it's it's at the bottom. <clears throat> uh, ditto. 
by the way. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought Joy was bad. Yeah, I like Joy, but I mean, I, I, yeah. I thought Joy was more fun and, and shorter, I think. There's <laughs> no silver linings, you know? No, no. So, I think that's like his best movie, probably. I mean, The Fighter and that. Um, anyway. Um, okay, so let's get into spoilers for Amsterdam, starting now. So I get, I get why it's called Amsterdam, right? Makes because they sense. went to Amsterdam, yeah. Because in the past, right? Like it's all past right. picks in uh, history. The entirety, uh, the entire success of everything they do is based on their friendship, solidly built in motherfucking Amsterdam, right? right. During World War One. Um, uh, I feel like um, <laughs> there's a great movie if, like, you know, maybe don't mention Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> um, ultimately, but because um, I feel like when they go back, and I think on one occasion, on one of the flashbacks, it did work to their benefit, describing something in the present, in their present, obviously. But um, every time they did that, though, I felt like I had to recalibrate when they came back to the mystery of what was going on. Um, you know, like I was like, what are we doing back here again? Why are we at this mansion? Or why are we here? You know, um, and where where are they in their journey? How are they going to get separated again, or whatever? Um, I felt like it, it kind of distracted me from that. And the and the you know the plot was already pretty thick, full of all these um, fucking <clears throat> you know all these people and shit and fucking motivations. Um, so yeah. how do you guys think of the the way it all turned out there? The whole Nazi thing. I did not see that coming. Yeah, that's that's actually what I like about the movie. When they, when you finally get the reveal, and they're talking about and the hedge people, maze and shit, <laughs> the hedge, yeah, 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 the hedge like, maze, and I'm like, it, I laugh a, because I think you're supposed to laugh. It was just so. I awesome. think you are supposed to laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's funny because uh, that's like the, I guess the historian part of it, right? Because mm-hmm. they talk about the that's like the very end of it where they do this like national broadcast. Yeah. Where, uh, what the fuck is the guy's name? The the general. The general. De Niro. General De Niro. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, that's not a true at all. But general, general, yeah, general. Dylan Beck. Yeah, yeah, Dylan Beck. And then they do the, like, the verbatim speech that he does, hmm. um, which is, I, do, I thought that was great. And it was like, I didn't even know that they were even doing stuff like that. I think it's something of, it's one of those like history things that you just don't think about it because we just, or don't care to know, I guess, right? Because like, yeah. we all think we're American as fuck, right? And like, well, why would we ever succumb to something like that? You know what I'm saying? And yeah. Dylan Beck is telling you that no, we are American as fuck, but I'm here to stop it. Like, because there are people in America who would want that because of. Yeah, so there's this movie called, um, I think it's called The Case. No, it's not The Case. The War Against America or The Something Against America. The Crime Against America, I think it's called. Um, it's a show on HBO, a miniseries. Yeah, it's a great, great fucking series. The whole thing takes, very, uh, takes place a little bit after the movie, the movie's timeline, where. It's about uh, the elections that led to FDR's um, foothold. You know, he was staying as president as World War II was brewing, right? Um, So, like, but the show is, like, it's kind of like For All Mankind, Roth, where, like, it takes a, it it deposits, like, what if he lost that election and someone else won, Hmm. you know? Um, and it's not about that only. It's, it's like that's what's happening in the world. It's all about this family and all this shit. But essentially is that a lot of the movie, um, and it's obviously not allegory to today's political shit and at the time when it was made, um, 
this is about Trump 2016 stuff. Anyway, but um, how the this asshole reactionary hateful guy was elected instead, the guy who was the runner up right for MFDR wins, and uh, and all the the hate groups and hate speech, the anti Jew. Uh, co- coalitions are brewing up, you know, just like just like it happened. That's the whole point. It's like it just happened here, and that's how easily it could have happened back then yeah. if the wrong election. Right, that's the whole point. But like this, this reminds me of that. You know, the Amsterdam and uh, that show are very similar in that in that field. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Um, I, yeah. I I dug that a lot. That was probably my favorite thing about it, and like everyone's turn, I suppose. Like I like how. Uh, I don't know. I like Rami Malek in that, for example, and uh, Anna Taylor Joy, like whole. <laughs> she was like she had like manic eyes, though. Yeah, <laughs> very much so. But I, like, but, I, but I like their role a lot in that with how yeah. they played that off. And uh, there's like there's some good stuff going on there. Dude, last yeah. night in Soho, she did not drop her eyes from that movie. Still the no. same eyes. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, dude, I don't want to ask you directions, much less look at you. <laughs> like, goddamn, girl, stay away from me. She got some crazy ass. She really hit. Like, Barney Stinson would not agree with her, would not, like, go out with her. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was it was silly, and I, I don't like the way the movie ended, honestly. I feel like um, I feel like it fizzled at the very end, like, once uh, once the, the nature of the, the big five or the, what were they, the, the whatever. The whatever five. they were. The they called it something, right? Yeah, the, the five, five something, the five uh, council of five, council of five. There you go. Uh, when the council of five were revealed, and the general tells his speech, and um, and Rami Malik is arrested, right? All that stuff. Um, does he get killed, or was that just uh, no? He didn't kill, right? He gets no. That was just like a imagine. like a daydream, right? Yeah, or something. Okay, yeah. Um, after that, like I feel like the movie just kind of fizzled, and didn't know how to end itself, and I feel like um, it should have gotten like a, a thing because I think it liked uh, it wanted to have too much of a happy ending, and they were like, "We should return to Amsterdam, right?" Now that yeah, you know, right, and they're like, "No, we should anywhere different because you know World War Two is about to happen, and even though they don't know that, right. um, you know." Because Amsterdam is going to be like Ground Zero and shit in a minute. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, so I'm sure the um, spies know. Well, they said it. They told them we're not. You're not going there. Yeah, no, but it was like too, like too kishy, too like you know. We know the future, kind of thing, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It didn't seem right. I didn't like that. Um, <laughs> but uh, besides the Nazi thing, any big surprises in the movie that you liked? Um, like the journey because it's almost like a road trip movie. It isn't. Well, the big but... surprise was for one of the actually the really big surprises <laughs> early in the movie is just. Uh, Taylor, oh, Taylor Swift. Swift gets killed. <laughs> oh yeah, like, yeah, that was a genuine that, surprise. That was a genuine surprise for me. It was, it was fantastic to me. It was just like what she just gets fucking pushed, ran over. They fucking did it, and you're and like also, fake what? news, super fast. They were on that fake news shit. It was I'm just like, so yeah, fast. They did, it, yeah, they, they did it. The it. They don't need the internet. They, just, they did it always. Right. Um, also, we get our first deep fake. Is this our first deep fake history? Right, with all that shit going on with the with the general and killing them and paying them off. To by the way, like, every, every time yeah. I see a mob like act like that, or just you know, because whatever, I always think of that's just wizards first real. People are stupid. I'm Dude, like totally. I think I, about that fucking thing a lot. Actually. Yeah, me too. It applies to too many things. It really does. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but overall, I was, I, overall, I I laughed quite a bit. It wasn't like a non funny movie. I I had fun about as much as I was like not into it. <laughs> You know, yeah, and uh, it, it well, just yeah. yeah. I, one of the scenes that I like also is when he gets the eye drop, right? Oh, and he yeah. puts in this fake eye, 
Dude, right? like, yeah. And I'm just like, well, it's still going to have that. And I was like, right. he's putting on his fake eye. Right. Well, he's still going to have an effect, right? Like, but also he is like, why ruin a good eye? You know? Yeah. Also, very Marx brother, like a very like uh, prop comedy humor with his eye constantly falling, because yeah. he's constantly tripping or getting punched in the face, always falling. His eyeball yeah. it became like a, a a bit. It was a whole yeah. bit, um, uh, which worked most of the time. I think it worked nine out of ten. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So David also not like a hit, but like man, not, a, not but not a not a dead in the water movie either. I would say. Yeah. Um, any any last thoughts before we move on? No, yeah, a simple no could work, but also um, um, instead of deafening. Silence. I'm so glad hospitals and things have evolved because those are, those are some pretty gnarly conditions. Be very glad where you're living. Right Jesus now. Christ! As much as we bitch, <laughs> be very glad we are, yeah. and we should bitch. But like, also, we yeah. have antiseptics, I mean, we have penicillin, <laughs> we have soap. Okay, we have a lot of things. They don't. Have. We don't have shrapnel arch coming from our skin. Shrapnel! Oh my God! Okay. I love the shrapnel. I didn't like any piece, but I love that she did them. That's a really cool <laughs> thing. I like his tea set because that came out of him. His yeah. tea set that was in his office, uh, uh, Bale's office. Mm-hmm. That, was, that came out of him. That was out of his body. She yeah. made art out of that. That's kind of that's kind of cool. It's, my, yeah. it's, it's very dark, but it's <laughs> yeah. cool. She was something else, all right. I was like, I, when I saw her pieces, I was like, man, that's gonna make it in some museum. Something <laughs> like, I mean, it's gonna be in some museum. Um, all right, that is it for our review of Amsterdam. We're going to take another break. When we come back, though, we're going to review our second film of the evening. It's going to be a doozy, I'm pretty sure. What's it called? Blonde. Mm-hmm. Stay with us. A fictionalized chronicle of the inner life of Marilyn Monroe. Blonde. <laughs> Jesus fucking <laughs> Christ. I will pay you to put energy in anything. <laughs> 2022. Netflix. 2022. Yeah, because I'm sure there's. This has an NC17. This is the first streaming movie to ever have an NC17 rating. Really, this is the first NC17 yes. streaming movie. Yes. Huh. Starring. I, I thought we've broken that barrier long ago. Uh, starring some unknown lady named Ana de Armas. Unknown. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Bite your tongue. Uh, and some other people that I really don't care for. Uh, what? Really Say the fucking people. Um, okay, so young Marilyn Monroe or Norma Jean is Lily Fisher, Julianne Nicholson, Ty Runyon, Michael Dreyer, Sarah Paxton, Ryan Vincent, Vanessa Lemonides, Patrick Brennan, Robert Brownstein, Evan Williams, uh, Xavier why? Samuel, Dan I've... Butler. Uh-huh. Why am I still I'm... talking? No, no. Why haven't you said the major other two yet? <laughs> What are the major other two? I don't know. Oh, are any they of not these people? Are they not cast by? Oh, maybe they're cast. Are that in order of their appearance in the movie? I, I, I don't know. I'm, 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 top it's top eight. cast. Uh, that's really weird. It is. Um. Okay. Who are Adrian other Brody ones? and Bobby Cannavale are in this movie too. Okay. Who? <laughs> Bobby Cannavale and Adrian Brody. Yeah, they don't they're, have Adrian Brody on here. He's on top well, cast. He's, <laughs> He's Arthur Miller. I know, but he's not on top cast. Okay, well, that's bizarre to me, but you know what's fine. And who's the other guy? Bobby Cannavale. Jinx Human Life. Also yeah. from Boardwalk Empire, by the way. So, Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio. He played Joe DiMaggio. Oh, Obviously, geez. the one guy who could play Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> right. Played exactly. Joe DiMaggio. Right. Which, is, which is funny, because if you go on Wikipedia, it goes... 
Ana de Armas, Adrian Brody, Bobby Cannavale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that track. Great job, IMDb. IMDb. All right, let's get to it. Okay, Luke, proceed. <clears throat> Oscar, what did you think of this movie? Oh, man, are you sure you want to start with me? Okay, fine, fine, fine. Uh, <laughs> it will not be short. <laughs> okay, um, whew, this is a very stylized movie. Hmm. No, that's definitely that not. is that's the one I'm gonna go with. <laughs> with the uh, you know going from color to black and white, I think there's maybe different aspect ratios at certain points. Oh, oh yeah, oh there is. <laughs> so it's it's all over the place. It has quite a runtime of I think two just shy of three minute uh, three hours. Oh, is it more? Than, I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I think it's just shy. Uh, so I already mentioned the first NC seventeen rated movie in a streaming service. So that's kind of a big thing. Uh, I know nothing about Berlin Monroe and really her life. Maybe that's how we all should start. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, honestly, like, at first I was like, who the fuck's Norma Jean? Oh, yeah. That was funny. <laughs> Does that, did we record that? Is that on the show or was that just on our own private time? I don't know. Oh. But I was like, who the fuck? I really wish you caught that because that was fucking hilarious. You're like, who the fuck is Norma Jean? We were asking him, who's playing Marilyn Monroe? He can't find it in a cursory Google. <laughs> and like, I'm like, how is this hard to find? And he's like, who's Norma Jean? I'm like, that's fucking Marilyn Monroe. Right. Yeah, I didn't know that was, she had, like, that was yeah. her stage name. Wow. That was great. That was a great moment. Um, yeah. Continue, sorry. So you don't know uh, much about her? No, no, none of it. I, I, I knew she died young. I knew she sang some Happy Birthday to the Kennedy. And she did that thing with the dress. That's Yeah, the top three things that most people know about. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah, everything else, like pff, the whole, she was an orphan kind of thing. Yeah, none of that. Yeah, none of that. Okay. Um, well, with that in mind, what do you think of Blonde? <sighs> a lot of time was spent on her just looking blankly at the screen, trying to look innocent. And I'm like, can we cut to the next scene or something? Hmm. It, it, it kind of annoyed me. It's like, I, I get it. Okay, next. Yeah. So. I get that. All right, Ralph. What are your opinions oh first what's your uh, uh yeah my thing with yeah. uh I, you heard her name was norma jean mm. so we'll good. go there so far so good um obviously you know famous scenes uh allegedly had sex with the president uh, jfk and sang him that happy birthday song um was one of those typical actresses kind of person where you just did the simple she's a amazing looking woman and then she started transitioning into other actual roles um, mm-hmm. where she was actually acting, not just dumb shit, you know? Yeah. Um, I knew a little bit about that stuff. I had forgotten some of her escapades with people, uh, because to be honest with you, I just don't really care about that for people. Uh, but JFK yeah, yeah. is so huge. They, how do you not know that, you know? Um, besides that, uh, I guess I didn't, I mean, you, you could expect she had daddy issues, but just not that bad. Um, yep. Yeah, so my first impressions of this movie is uh, I had to watch this movie twice or two times. I had to do it in two sittings. Should I say two sittings? Yeah, two sittings. My apologies. Yeah, um, dead out by the way. I just I was didn't know how long the movie was um, <laughs> when I walked into it, and I'm like, I gotta go to work. Like, <laughs> like I started watching it like at eight thirty <laughs> in the morning, and I was like, I should be able to finish this by ten thirty. I gotta feed my two hours. <laughs> two hours, you know, like yeah. That was like come like ten o'clock. I was like, I'm positive this movie doesn't get any time soon. And I was like, oh, shit, this movie's still got like an hour plus. Like, fuck me. Like, I, I gotta stop. 
I was like, I'm just gonna snap that. I was like, I'll just watch it tomorrow. Yeah. So I did. Um, I will say right away, I think out of the Armos is, um, I she's got a heavy role to play. Um, uh, Luke is 100 percent right. Style is a great word to use here for Andrew Dominic's uh, portrayal of this movie. Um, because uh, there's a lot of stuff going on that is actually kind of bothersome at one point, where you're just like, Jesus Christ, do we have to change focus here? Do we have to change? Do we have to be so artistic at every fucking turn? Like, you know, it's almost annoyingly badgering. Um, and I guess the way the movie is going and how it focuses on, like, kind of a weird, and it's, no, it's a semi-spoiler, but not really. Um, it's like, this semi like uh, how she's kind of just consistently does it in a whirlwind of like drugs, and that's the way we're getting this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like uh, not per se like Luke did like where he says um, that uh, you know like she, she's trying to portray that she's a good person. I just think that she's trying to portray she's a person, and she's just so naive. And I think they sell that. A lot, the naive, just the just the level of naiveness, God, right, um, to this world, um, even just like the beginning when she goes to see um, one of the studio directors, you know, like the very first studio director she sees. Um, it's just that crazy of like how do how would you not be on drugs at all times, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's there's a lot of stuff going on in that. Um, I think the movie. Doesn't talk about, but alludes to it heavily. Um, and then when it does talk about it, it's just like, oh, let's go be happy again, you know? Um, so I think the movie does, there's a lot to say. Obviously, it's, the problem is that it's fictionalized chronicle of an inner life of Marilyn Monroe. Right? It's like, I, it's like it wants to do a little bit of everything, I think. Um, but at the same time, I feel like, I don't know, it's weird, because it's like, I feel like, uh, I could watch a documentary and be like, okay, some of that was whatever, but watching this is someone's obviously love of Marilyn Monroe, right? Or at least someone who thinks that they could give a depiction of maybe how or what she was going through. Um, And I feel like that's what this movie is. And it's kind of sometimes jarring, but for the most part, it's um, just, I think it was overdone in some aspects. I was just like, just tone it down a little bit. Just stick to one thing sometimes. I don't mind going black and white in color. That's not an issue. It's more of the other stuff you're doing, the changing of the aspect ratios, the focuses and stuff like that. I just feel like it has to be at every scene. I'm just like, it doesn't. Um, but yeah, that's my, my take on it. Um, I did like the movie. Don't get me wrong. And I think Anna de Armas does a great job um, for what she has to do. And I think there's other people who do a great job as well. Um, and I would like to know more about that. I almost would be willing to read like a book of people who she knew. You know, like I feel like all these interactions she's had with so many people who are like gigantic people in the industry or potentially gigantic people or whatever. Yeah. You know, or historical figures at least. Um, so yeah, that's my take. <clears throat> all right. What are you guys' thoughts on the, um, on the, and the fictionalized ver- take on this movie. I mean, I don't know Does what's fiction you? and nonfiction. Does it bother you? Does it bother you to know that um, very little of what you saw happened to her? Um, 
Now that you say it, then, then yes, I am bothered by it. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm expecting you know, like a biopic. I'm expecting it to be yeah, it's, factual it's for the it's most weird, part. Well, I mean, she does marry Joe DiMaggio and right, Arthur Miller. Right, that does happen. She does right. die that year by that way. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah the, the, broadly speaking, yeah, that happens. Yeah. But uh, n- nearly everything else, not. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't know. It's weird because <clears throat> um, it's almost like someone's putting their input about this person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, or a conglomerate of people are doing it because it's based on a, on a right. novel, right? So um, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I want to say I, I like, it's weird. It's weird because it's like, it's not necessarily what I expect from it, but it's telling me it's also fictionalized. So I, yeah. I guess I'm not, but I heard about it. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh well, it's going to, it's going to go deeply into my cinematically political viewpoint here, but um, I begrudgingly love this movie. Mm-hmm. Now I begr- begrudgingly, I didn't <laughs> on the, on the thing on Letterboxd, I gave it three and a half. Um, I took one star off because I also hate this movie. Um, <laughs> and I didn't give it a heart either because I, yeah, I don't think I'll ever watch it again. Um, so um, it's doing something that is so rarely done to the point where like, they have to mention it in the synopsis that it is a fictionized, fictionalized version of something. Um, it, it's doing something I love. It's just the way it doesn't, I really hate it. <laughs> you know? Or really disagreed with or had problems with. Um, and when I'm, I'm talking about this biopic thing, um, it is, so I think, uh, uh, Andrew Dominic, who is like, has done a few movies. I've seen two of his movies and I really like those two. I think he did uh, killing them softly. And I forgot the other one, uh, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Um, if you guys haven't seen those movies, check them out. They're interesting. Even if you hate them, I think they're pretty great though. Um, I think I saw the assassination one, and I thought it was really slow. Or it, it is. It is. It is methodical. Yeah, okay, it is that, that is the movie. one. In there. But watch it again now. You might like it better. Um, anyway, but well, whatever. It's a great movie, and um, I think this guy as does a lot of things up in your face for sure, and he does a lot of interesting things. And I'm not saying this. This is definitely one of his interesting things. I just don't know if it works as well as his other ones. But um, what I think that he's doing. Is something that a lot more movies should embrace. They should. Everyone should know. You, everyone, everyone watching movies in the theaters. Everyone that works in movies. Every fucking critic. Every fucking Twitter person. Every everyone should understand that movies are an art form. They are an interpretation of something. They will always be an art form, no matter how much money you make out of it. No matter how much business you put in it, it is an art form. There is, if you want realism, you watch a documentary or you read a book, right? Um, I hate this. I mean, I hate a lot of things about our cinematic, the viewpoints and shit. I hate a lot of things. Like, for example, like this is an NC-17 or like whatever. Um, Or that people took kids to see Smile in theaters. Um, I hate all that. But um, what I also hate, and and it's obvious, is that um, people would get butthurt if they find out that they watch a biopic like for like the queen one like bohemian rhapsody or like the elvis one or like who knows what else just, just the recent ones right um anything and and uh, they find out that these things were changed or altered or faked and they hate that they, and if anything they want it more realistic even if it's a even if it's a uh even if it detracts from the actual movie from making a good movie 
they want more what really happened in a fictionalized setting with these actors portraying the real person. And I don't know why this is like a thing that we love here, but it's a really insipid way to look at biopics, uh, biography pictures, because it only leads to disaster. It can't lead anywhere amazing. There are a few amazing movies, sure, because like, you know, whatever, they fiddled it enough or people liked it so much, they didn't care what they changed because because they will be changes, obviously. Um, And this movie embraces that and says, the entire thing is fictionalized. This is what I think um, I want to show about the state of what happened with Marilyn Monroe, especially with the viewpoint of her own and kind of like Spencer in that sense, and in the viewpoint of everyone who loved her or who grew up with her or know her fame, right? And this guy's saying like, okay, I'm going to make a movie about Marilyn Monroe, but I'm going to make all shit, all this shit up to get to this point. And I think that's exactly how we should take these movies. I just didn't like the way he did it. You know, I just disagree. <laughs> but You're big, man. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're like really mad about that. I'm mad. Yeah, this is so weird. It's a weird movie. Um, that said, yes, Anna Dermas is amazing for the three emotions they allowed her to give. Um, which was what? Sadness? Uh, <laughs> happiness? Yeah. A lot of that sadness was looking up in the camera. Yeah. Well, <laughs> some of that was fake. I would say, you know, when she genuinely laughed, right? It was like... Um, the Robinson guy and the Chaplin kid, right? Um, oh, she was getting railed. <laughs> yeah, the basically soft corn porn scene we saw, um, yeah. which was nice. Um, no, she did great, and obviously, I'm not I'm not deterring anything from it. This is how she was directed. It's not it's not her fault, and, but she did a really great job. She slang there and taking it. Yeah, I mean that's the, not the way I would say that. Okay, you know, but uh, yes, you're not wrong either. Um, she does a good job handling this movie. Um, I. Don't understand the the structure of this movie, like look wise. I don't get it. I I don't understand the the black and whites guys. I thought I got it halfway through the movie. I'm like, oh, maybe she, maybe when she is done with them, like mentally checked out, that's when it goes to black and white with a, with the with whoever she's with at the time. Yeah, I don't know because when and I, I really noticed, that was disproved later. I think so it, like, when I noticed it, I was like, wait, is this is like her imagination, or is this like when she's on drugs and she's like, yeah, like. Exaggerating these things, so yeah. when this back in my world, so I don't know. And the thing is, that director, I think he's also trolling us. He knows that he is doing like he's purposely like overdoing everything. He is overcooking this meat, right? He's overdoing it by a lot, and he's doing it so on purpose that he even tells you um, in that scene before. I think it was after the Niagara thing, which was a a hilarious way to put that right as she's coming the niagara yeah thing comes uh-huh. in right jesus christ that was so that was too much man that was a sledgehammer but um after that she gets that audition and remember she's surrounded by all these people and she's auditioning for i forget the movie she gets it i think but like um the guy says like she gives this performance right it looks pretty good i think and um at, she leaves and the guy goes um man that wasn't that wasn't even acting that was like we're watching what was he say he says um we're watching, uh, not a mental patient, but he says something like that. He says that we're watching someone going through, going through insanity. We're not watching acting or a person. We're watching someone going through something crazy. Um, yeah, I remember. Which is neither acting nor like lying either or being a bad actor, you know. And I feel like the entire movie is that. I think that the way the guy said it to the, not to the camera, but he was saying it basically to the camera. Um, 
it feels like it's a fuck, almost like a fuck you to to everyone that loves biopics because they're more real or because they can't be as real as this or that. Or maybe because of Mar- Marilyn Monroe specifically, like the way we idolize her, the way we objectify her, all that shit's in here. And I do want to know your guys' opinions on that. But like that's already been hella said and done also. You know, yeah. it's not like a new thing or anything. I just, you know, and also, you know, I feel like there is a, a, a great filmmaker that could do this project amazingly. I feel like Gaspar Noir could have done this movie awesome, like with all those zoom-ins on the fucking fetuses and shit. And um, Okay. What? Yeah. So, because a lot of people are saying that this movie has a really huge pro-life message. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Let's get into it. What did you guys think? Because I was like, okay, so she has the abortion. I didn't right? feel it. Right. But then, like, the second time like, where she's pregnant, and it's like the fetus is talking to her, it's like, uh-huh. like you killed me. And she's like, no, that wasn't you. She's like, no, it's still me. Like, you still killed me. Like, why didn't you want me and shit? I mean, not the best place to say, but the, the Catholic World Report called Blonde unwittingly pro-life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Ralph, what do you think? Before, because he's by far the most religious out of the, the both of us here. Who me? Yeah, you. Oh, do I think those movies being pro life? Is, is there a mess? Yeah, is there a thing going on here? I mean, uh, that's weird. I guess it it did feel pro lifeish. I won't lie to you there, um, in that aspect. But I never. I also didn't feel like that was the intention of it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't see it as as it was saying it was a pro life movie because it wasn't. Yeah. Um, I think but did it have like just, a pro life message? I I think that I think it's the message of uh, yeah. You know what? I can see what you're saying, and I think that's just the director's or the creative whatever, uh, which is the director who's uh, who's putting that aspect into it um, because I don't see it as uh, I I didn't take it as like is like oh like uh, Marilyn Monroe is pro-life or I just felt like that the person thinks that whoever's thinking is they decided to have a scene in there um, again I don't know if it's because it's from a novel or is it something that is it based on a Charles Carroll Oates novel right exactly so I, again I don't know if it's from a novel or whatever whatever we just said um, so my, my thing is if that's the case it's is it that's that's what he took from that you know that's what we're getting mm-hmm so I again, it's weird. It does feel very pro lifeish, especially with the baby and the conception of the the fact that it's you know like like it has fingers and it's like all these things. It's you know it's like showing a fetus that's and psychokinetic God, powers. God, God knows how many already like psychic powers. Whatever trimester they're supposed to be in before you get that, you know. Yeah. Um, but it does feel that way. I would I would say yes, but at the same time, I never doubt the movie was telling me it's pro life. I think it's telling me that mm-hmm. uh, Marilyn Monroe would prefer to have a kid, yeah, but Hollywood would never let her. Hollywood could never let her be a boss. Well, the first would, time it was because she didn't want the child to have like the mental illness that her mother had, and she obviously had. Right? That's what I got from it. Uh, honestly, I forgot that one. In my head. So that was like the first time she got. The I forgot abortion. why she did it. I'm saying I forgot. And then why the that. second one, I think it was just like. Was that the I think after that one miscarriages, right? Uh, I don't know. 
I think the, they were all miscarriages uh, after that. Well, no, the, there was that one where it was like um, yeah. with the Secret Service or something like that. I think like they busted in and like they they, they like forced like sucked it out of her or some shit. Wait, wait hold on, uh, that, that's skipping way too far. <laughs> we're not spoilers yet. Um, as we after this topic, we'll go to it. I was just going to say, did you feel that that this movie was giving a message? Look, F- yeah, when I watched it, I was like, that's weird. Like, why is like the so called fetus like talking to her and like giving her all this like regrets? So I was like, this is. It felt like an. Was it like that scene in Juno when she's uh, heading to the abortion clinic and the girl says, you know, your your kid has fingernails? <laughs> and like, fingernails, really? It's like that. Uh, no, that, I think having a child inside you tell you, why did you kill me? It is yeah. more than that. It's like Lisa. What did I ever yeah. do to you? I thought we yeah. were friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Why are you talking like a lamb? <laughs> Why are you talking like a lamb? <laughs> oh, I love that show. Um, so I, I didn't, I didn't even once get a whiff of it until Luke mentioned it to me. Really. Mm-hmm. Well, here's why: because the 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 crux of all that, the origins of all that, those scenes, kind of go in the face of whatever pro life thing you want to say. Because it's not the child's voice; it's not a commercial. She's insane, or something. Right? I don't, don't want to say insane. That's obviously no, too. But she's obviously that mentally like, ill. That's like a. That's a. That's like a hey, the church wants you to have mentally ill babies. <laughs> They, they, I'm sure they do. I'm saying, I, I know I'm saying it's not the right word. Mentally Just fucked up. that whatever. 10%. But, um, and, you know, and, and also, like, that scene, that one for sure came from a miscarriage, right? And the ones after that, um, they came from miscarriages. And, they, and, and honestly, the last one, uh, I don't think it was just all in her mind. I think that was just her thinking she was pregnant and imagining, yeah. like, a little baby fetus. Little, yeah, I think so, too. Baby or fetus, um, and I think it's just—it doesn't—it's not a—it's—it's it's a woman's breakdown, man, of her psychology. It has nothing to do with, you know. Um, I don't think it's a good pro message when you when you see the context of it. Obviously, I know nowadays nobody gives a shit about context, but yeah. like still there, you know. Um, and I don't think the, the Andrew Dominic was necessarily saying one or the other regarding that. Um, I think he was beating the over our heads. With her wanting a child and not getting one, and it feeling like, like some sort of fate-driven thing that leads to every single one of her disasters on top of her immense daddy issues. Yes, of course, it's overdone in the movie, but yeah. I think that's all it is. Um, I think we should get into spoilers, though. I think we're, we're yeah, we're, we're due for really spoilers. Dancing. Yeah, so let's get into spoilers for Blonde, starting now. So every guy. Daddy? Daddy? Yeah, she calls every one of her Jesus. hubbies daddy. Um, so cringy. Yeah. Nah, man. Well, she sells it. She makes it sound like she I, always called them that. Yeah, um, she makes it seem like nah. she never called them anything else. You're right, right. It does, it does flow naturally. It feels naturally. just like that, especially with uh, Joe, with Joe DiMaggio. It feels just well, like... Well, kind of Valley is a daddy. That's why. Well, you're not wrong. Come on. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Right. Um... So, uh, the, there's a lot of brutality in this movie. It's a constant teardown of this woman, right? For basically the entire movie, right? Yeah. From, from her mother trying to drown her at age five or whatever that was, 
not even. That was yeah. fucking brutal. That was brutal. Five, seven years old, whatever, and then being dumped by the neighbors, who's clearly like the mother, the the wife clearly wanted to like keep her or help her out more, and the father and the husband was like, Did "We just put her in the fucking orphanage already." Right. Um, that was that was funny and terrible at the same time. Right. Um, and uh, leading all the way to Joe DiMaggio being the shit out of her, very reminiscent of The Godfather, by the way, with the belt. Um, right? Am I wrong? Yeah. Um, I, I don't remember that scene. I'm sorry. Oh, man. Went, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard scene to watch. Yeah, because it's like they're showing... Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's a famous scene. Send me a clip um, on YouTube. Watch the fucking movie. You watch Lord of the Rings all the time. You can watch The Godfather again. Um, anyway... And uh, so I feel that the one breath of the one like breath of relief in this movie is when Adrian Brody comes on, uh, who plays Arthur Miller. Yeah. Once Arthur Miller gets on the screen, I actually feel a little relief in the movie. I feel like the movie, uh, I'm not saying it gets back on his feet. Or I'm not going to, you know, it's not obviously it's following a timeline, right? The whole time. It's like it doesn't really revert back unless it's like small flashes that Marilyn's experiencing during a, during an episode. Maybe I don't know what she's going on in her head. I don't know what it is. Um, but, uh, but like that was a breath of relief. Much warranted, much needed. I love Adrian Brody in the, in his very short thing. Yeah. Um, I thought it would be longer, but no. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, good, good one. Um, but I really liked it. This is the first whiff of not just like, you know, a non-violence towards her or non-manipulative abuseness or, you know, it's not just that. It is also the one time we see a little bit, like a peek into a Marilyn Monroe or a Norma Jean that isn't the vacuous fame-driven or fame, you know, star-studded sex pa that she is. Yeah. Because the whole movie, either she's weepy or she's a sex fucking kitten, right? Well, yeah, but by the time she gets there, she's so damaged. Yeah, I know. And we're we're two hours into the movie. Yeah. Yeah, Because, like, you, you almost want to root for her, right? Yeah. Where, like, you almost want to be like, yeah, like, this would be great if she had this kind of life. You know, some normality, right? Uh, yeah. Where, but she, because she's, but well, it's funny because he finds her attractive because she's so damaged. Oh, she can play this. Yeah, and he role doesn't say it that way, it. even though he looks like he acknowledges it. But also, he. Yeah. Yeah. Does, yeah, yeah. But he becomes, like, I think, infatuated or falls in, not, I don't want to say in love, but let's just say it, in love with her when she figures out something that he didn't know about his own play. Um, right. Yeah, the, which looked yeah. genuine. They're like, oh, how are you going to make that look genuine, bro? He did a good job, I think. Yeah. Um, good acting there. Um, I agree. And yeah, and that's when like, oh, man, you can see the happily ever after. You can see it. Yeah. But you can feel it. I don't know about yeah, you, Luke. Did I, you feel I, it? You know nothing about Madeline Rowe. You know she dies. Yes. But did, what, what were you thinking at this point? I was like, oh, so this is how it happened. How what happened? Her death with oh. Arthur Miller. Oh no, that's, that's just that's like her death. Um, like, are you in this, this conversation <laughs> <laughs> with Arthur Miller? Yeah. No, I thought that that's you know they seem stable, like like you know they had that whole thing like oh we're gonna meet our friends at the beach, you know, bring out the what you call it. like yeah. This is probably as like plain as her life would have been. Now. Um, but running back a little bit, would you have preferred uh, the the scene where, let's say, she just wakes up one morning and finds out that she miscarried? If that was the actual true story, or is this scene fine when she falls on the beach from nervously racked over meeting Arthur Miller's friends and 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 being depressed? 
Uh, I think it's more impactful. Like yeah. that whole other, you know, <laughs> falling an down. And- of why we should not stay away from reality here. <laughs> okay, sorry. I had to, just had to do it. I, I just feel like um, when she has the miscarriage, I feel like immediately going like, oh man, her fucking, her having the having the abortion already, you know, the first time. Yeah. Is never going to let her have a baby, you know? I mean, yeah, it's a good chance that they fucked her up in there. For that and also with the drugs. Because, I mean, this is oh, like yeah. abor- abortions, like, and way she's back a, I mean, day. Look, I'm not, you know, obviously she's full-grown woman, but, like, she's not, like, she's short, not petite, like, you're not, it's not very, all those yeah. dr- drugs and alcohol, it's going to do damage over yeah. time, for sure. Yeah, the last body, sure. you know? Yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like, uh, but yeah, um, I, I, I yeah. felt like uh, I, I would have had the same impact for me. She didn't have to do that whole stylist thing. Also, do, I feel like Andrew Dominic's like favorite movie is *Leaving Is uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas*. Why he wants to do like all these like stylized things? Like, honestly, Rob, if you've seen his other movies, he's not like that. That's what's crazy. <laughs> so I know. I, cause, uh, see, I look. I looking at his like movies he's done before, and I'm just like. <laughs> You, but you've never done this. And I, I, I think he's making more of a point. I think he's trolling audiences, honestly, with his movie, oh, which is not a great thing to do. But, no, uh, it's not. Uh, but I went down the Wikipedia hole. Arthur Miller's daughter, Rebecca yeah. Miller, yeah. married to Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, they didn't she write the book, uh, those books in the 90s? Oh, I don't know. So what kind of hole did you go into then? Not much of a hole. <laughs> right. um, a Maryland hole, but yeah. hey, remember my week with Marilyn? I mean, that's a, that's like a Disney movie compared to this one, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, both great. I think both great perform. I mean, and that's I mean, like that's one of those things where like that's a good biopic. I mean, it's not. A, I don't remember it being a great movie, but I remember liking it because it only takes place. Guess what? In a week, mm-hmm. um, it's a week, uh, a snapshot of a person that existed in real life, right? And that's always like easier to do because you can get a lot more with less, yeah. right? This one is like fucking throwing all that shit out the window. <laughs> um, for better and for worse. Um, uh, I really like that Arthur Miller stuff. And, and, it, and it reminds me of another movie because obviously I know where it's going to go. We all know, actually, even Luke knew, not knowing much about her, that she's going to fucking die OD at young age. Um, actually, and, I, should, I didn't know if she did it. I don't think OD. I knew that she OD'd. Oh, my I just bad. knew she died somehow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, either way, you knew Thrown that. Thrown under a bus like Swift. <laughs> <laughs> she had a swift death. Cruel. Wow. <laughs> Not bad. You should have said that earlier. That was good. Um, I'm just saying, who, who? I mean, someone who probably just loves Amsterdam heard that review, didn't get to hear your joke because he's like, I'm not going to listen to the blonde review. You know, and that goes the joke. Um, what is it saying? <sighs> what is it saying? Fuck. Ass. No, I wasn't saying that. Um... Dying a young death. So uh, apparently, there's another bl- movie called Blonde. Came out like 20 years ago, based off yeah. the same book. Uh, by George Carol Lawrence? Yes. Huh. It's like a two part made for TV movie. I wonder how You're bad kidding. that one is. Yeah, I'm not that curious. Um, I'll read the reviews. Anyway, I remember now. Um, so I knowing that she is gonna die young and all that coming up, and I knowing knowing that Arthur Miller's uh, mar- marriage to to him is the last, I don't say stable relationship, but the last you know marriagey, <laughs> matrimoniously uh, relationship she's gonna have before she dies. I know that much. I think um, 
And I was like, why isn't this movie doing what Inglorious Bastards did? <laughs> Obviously, he's not going to do that because Inglorious Bastards, they had Hitler die. Spoilers for that movie. Yeah. Um, they changed history to benefit the movie. Right. Right. To what they wanted, which is another example of why I want more movies to be like that. Obviously, Tarantino has his own power. He could do whatever the fuck he wants. But like, he did set up a very similar setting that everyone's seen. World War II, all these people that did kind of exist in a situation where they kill Hitler, which yeah. they never did. Um, I figured, why not do it here? Give us a fucking stable, uh, stable normal gene. That would be nice. Um, but no, alas, and no, and you know, another thing goes falls apart because the, the punishment has to continue. I think this movie does not stop itself from doing it. And I feel like um, while watching it, I probably had better viewpoints on all this in specific detail. But man, I just... I think this movie should have been shorter or I feel like it should have been just taken in a different direction. You could achieve the same thing um, with the same story, just in a different direction. I feel like, like I said, if you want to go hardcore, go hardcore with Gaspar Noe. He would fucking put it in your face in a way that you will never sleep again, but that will always be memorable. This movie doesn't feel quite that memorable. Anna de Armas is amazing, sure. And just like in a way that uh, a lead actress can be with a, you know, with an actual, you know, like Spencer, like we said, or uh, I said earlier. Um, but then you have other filmmakers that could do a way good job on another, another front. And I feel like the strengths of this movie are just like that. It could be better, you know, which is not a strength. <laughs> um, you just want it to be better. Like you just know it can, you know, um, yeah, and I didn't, I didn't, I never understood the the black and white really. I, I understood from the very first rape to her death that she was being used up and all that. Yeah. What do you guys think about um, how men are shown in this movie? Because it's like ninety percent men, ninety nine percent men, and her. We are scum. We are very vile. purposely, right? Very purposely. And like, know, she probably had other women in her life, right? She probably did in real life, had friends and shit. But like, like I mean, like the two best men were like the two good well, Cass and the other guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, she yeah. gets to talk a, to a few. Give yeah. me a story about them. Right. I want a story about that. I kind of want a story about them. Yeah, yeah. I like the cast. You remember Ro- Robinson and Chaplin? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> My threesome with Marilyn. <laughs> Wait, what? My threesome with Marilyn. My threesome. I think said Matthew something. Um, yeah. So, like, what? I mean, is that just like a men are scum kind of deal? Is it, or is it more than that? Is it? I mean, that's it? how. I mean, I would say that's how it was in the times. But then I think, like, yeah, you know, why? I mean, how do you still feel around? Do you, do you? Did you? I mean, how's this? Did you objectify Marilyn Monroe in this movie or uh, another? I felt bad for her. Okay, no, but I mean, at any point, did you? I mean, I did. I'm just gonna say, I did too. I objectified her in some of those scenes. Okay, did you? Yeah. Both of you, probably not. Okay, and you're a better man than me. <laughs> well, I know. It's, I also know it's an acting. It's, I mean, she's alive. It's fine. The I would say, yeah, I guess at one point, probably. Yeah. I mean, I think the movie's. I mean, also purposely doing it. I would yeah, say. Yeah, no, I, I, it wasn't. I I think it's just yeah. She's the thousand percent fucking. What's it called? Uh, just got literally, literally, unfairly, royally screwed. Uh, I mean, I so many almost, shots. Almost every man, just yeah. because of her like dad complex. I like, mean, she, yeah. There's so many slow motion recuts of the same shot of the fucking dress. Yeah. With the vent, 
Uh-huh. You, you just counted it. There's like seven of them. There's yeah, it's ridiculous. And then they, they, they were having back. a field day on the shooting that scene. Yeah, they were like, the most iconic thing to come to. Yeah, I got it. Um, and then they pull back and they show like all the like a ridiculous sea of men. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Obviously then, unrealistic, but yeah. Yeah, and then when they go to the to one of the premieres mm-hmm. where the guys have like, these faces, they're just yelling and distorted and all that other stuff. Uh, yeah, that's. I, it's um, funny because I think that movie, they're trying to sell that she's an actress who can act and give you good, good, good lines, and then yeah. they're like, "All right, bedtime. Let's go." Dismiss everything she just said, everything she's done. She's yeah. still the Marilyn Monroe we want, or that Hollywood wants. To show you, yeah, and uh, um, sell you, yeah. And I feel like the movie uh, has, has another like sin where like. In its effort to show you how badly she was treated in so many levels, on every level, really, yeah. every level, and in the way she was paid, remember, uh, what was it? Five hundred a week, grand, five thousand for the movie for her, but a hundred grand for yeah, her co-star, and she's like the reason blondes are in the title of the movie, right? Right, yeah. gentlemen's prefer blondes, by the way. Um, like clearly bad, horrible management. She she lets life happen to her kind of person, yeah. kind of feels like that way right she kind of lets life happen to her it doesn't really hold the reins which is goes uh hand in hand with arthur miller's statement about her like she would never do anything intentionally cruel she's not a cruel person she would never say anything like that and she yeah. doesn't up until she starts really hammering those drugs in in the yeah. last 30 minutes you're right, you're up right. until then she has nothing like that to say to nobody no she really doesn't well, you know yeah i think yeah. um i think what the movie tries to portray and it does it like so late that it's like what it tells you that there's two people. There's Marilyn Monroe and Norma Jean, right? And yeah. the, the movie does it so late, and I guess it's because it waits for like the drugs. I guess right. Yeah. Or just doing drugs. That which is odd because you can do whatever you fit fictionalize. Right. Right. <laughs> right. I feel like uh, Marilyn Monroe wants to be famous and wants to be like top bill, right? Not the top bill. I'm the I'm the best actress out there. Guys want me, uh, and I want to sell that, right? And Norma Jean just wants to live a nice, happy life, and would rather not. Yeah, would love to have a family. Wants to meet her father. All this stuff. Wants to meet her father. Wants to. Wants her mother to love her. You know. Wants Mm. a lot of things going on, right? Yeah. And she can't control. (laughs) Think she can't control very much. So yes. And Marilyn Monroe is just like this alter ego, and I feel like the movie tells you that like so late. Yeah, I wish it was and established earlier. I wish it yeah. was just established earlier. That like bothered me so much because I was like, "Yeah, I get you. You were trying to say that, but why are you saying it now? Like, why are you emphasizing it now?" Yeah, it, is, it because she's gonna, is it because she's, it did feel flat? Yeah. yeah, is it because she's gonna die soon? Right, Those, the the drugs. Yeah, right. And then uh, also, like, I don't know how you guys follow about the JFK and that whole like secret service Dude, stuff. Do oh, not make well, him first look of all, all. That scene is like, I mean, oh, first of all, you want to make shy. JFK. You want to make JFK look, JFK look fucking uh, horrible. There, Dodd. Dodd. Uh, he plays... Hold on, I'll get it for you right now. Are you about uh, the actor that plays him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The actor who plays him is Kispar yeah. Philipson, right? Mm-hmm. Who actually also played JFK and Jackie. <laughs> Typecast. Oh, he, play, he played a corpse? He's. Uh, well, yeah. He played JFK and Jackie. He's played the speech that's never been given by JFK. He's done a lot of JFK stuff. Clearly, he, I mean, 
the guy was born that way. The genetics makes it, you know, that's his that's his bread and butter, right? right. JFK yep. and Franklin. I mean, so. bad, good. What do you want me to be? You want me to be a good guy? What do you want me? Right. <laughs> you want me to get some? Yeah, uh, and it's. I guess. Tables? I guess what we get to, once, once we get to the JFK part, she's. Yeah. It's very much this. I guess. I think the movie's emphasizing that. It there's feels like a haze. I would two, say it yeah, it does feel like a haze. Yeah, okay, it does feel like it. There's a there's a Marilyn Monroe and a and a Norma Jean, right? That's mm-hmm. the movie's trying to emphasize that. Yeah. And especially because she's like Norma Jean is in there, and then we're like, oh. But Marilyn Monroe is the one who finishes the rest of the night, you know? And so she's in this drug-infused thing, and she's getting carried out by Secret Service. It made her feel like 10, 100 times more sleazy than I think I've ever heard her be portrayed. Also, like, she felt like she was just like this two-time hooker that he picked up somewhere. You know what I'm saying? They didn't even pay her. They they didn't even pay Right, right, exactly. You're doing me the honor because I'm the president. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it, and it also made JFK look less dead as well. I think that's the first time I've seen, uh, like, because he's like way more of a scumbag than you ever thought he was. You know what I'm saying? For being such an asshole. Yeah, and there, there's and there's a real life uh, political reason why we don't tend to show him very negatively in movies yeah. or TV shows because he's very left, and and Hollywood's also very left. And Hollywood's also very left, which is very crazy because like I think it's one of the first, very few first times that I've seen that. And uh, I did. I, it wasn't bad, but it was just it was interesting to see for sure. No, I mean he was a scumbag. Oh yeah, yeah. In a lot of ways. He was an asshole, a complete. Any anyone who wants that job has to have an ego that's bigger than Kanye West, man. Okay, <laughs> like yeah. I'm not saying it's right, and I'm not saying it's fair. No, that it should, it should it continue, but like that's the way it was back then. It still is now. So I don't, right. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. No. That's it, it. That felt like it felt like she was a uh, Leonard Shelby from Memento, like just losing time. Like, where am I now? Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Actually, yeah. I'm that's doing actually, this now. I'm that's doing this now. A really good. Really wait. Good I'm blowing this guy. Oh no! Wait. He's blowing me. Right. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> from the movie. <laughs> um, also, I have a yeah. question. Who the hell was that guy? Which that one? Kept, that kept coming up to her, who like would save her. Um. Save her. The letters. Whitey. Who the hell was Whitey? Oh, I think her manager or her. Is that uh, who the manager was? Yeah. Okay. I think I don't think he ever really touched her. He could be gay. I have no idea. No, you know what's funny is that I think uh, I think he was probably one of the nicer people to her, but also just like no, took advantage of her just monetarily. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. no, no. Take it no, exactly. But it was yeah. more like a, I'm going to take advantage of you monetarily, of course, yeah. right? And it's also like you could tell she had like <laughs> probably these amazing side deals, like oh well. I get your Marilyn Monroe. You where, do you water? where do you want her? Yeah. I got you. Is, uh, Don't worry I about produ- it. Also. I can produce Marilyn Monroe. Right? I, exactly. Like, very Norma Jean's yeah. personal makeup artist is what he's titled as. Wow. There you go. Wow. <laughs> but it did feel like he had power over her. And pusher and manager and scout. Yeah, manager. dude. Right. <laughs> I got yeah, a producer yeah. in an hour. I'm going to get it here in an hour. It was like, I'm, I'm your friend when you want me to be your friend. Right? Mm-hmm. One of those things. Yeah, this, yeah, this tribute. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say so. Yeah, probably, probably wasn't around doing a lot when she needed someone for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, who could say about that? I don't know. The movie's saying so much, but at the same time, I just feel like uh, it's just—it's almost too much in a weird way. I yeah, know. I, I know that feeling. Yes, yeah. Um, I feel like the um, the movie—it it really it doesn't. It also doesn't pay a, a, in an effort to show. Um, how badly 
not just Hollywood, but us watching, knowing, um, you know, Marilyn Monroe as a fan, um, have treated her so badly in an effort to do all that, which I think is successful, but it was successful like 10 times over. Um, it also makes a shitty characterization of Marilyn Monroe where she only has like a few things and every person is more complex. There was more to every person. Yeah. And I feel like there is more that you could have extrapolated in this fake retelling of her life. <laughs> so of Norma Jean. Um, I feel like we get so, so, like I said, so little in the Arthur Miller stuff and that's it. And um, like a whiff and that's it. Um, and I feel like the movie loses its potency because it treats her so shittily yeah, because it's trying to show us how 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 shitty we treated her. It's like, I, I think, it's like I think showing it, it's like yeah. showing what the abuse is by showing us more abuse. Well, it's you're right, and it's weird because it's also yeah. like uh, the, the the little that we get of the good things that she has in her life mm-hmm. is almost like you don't deserve to see the good things. Yeah, but also weird. like you know, I went on the on the IMDb uh, user reviews for this movie just uh-huh. on a lark because I had I was it was like it was low. And I looked at it, and like the first 50 or like one to two star. Um, and I, I was like reading the quick peruses of what people were saying. And a lot of them really just, dis- a lot of them started off or were uh, highlighting um, the fact that this isn't a, a real depiction of the thing. And this is what I love the movie about because I want this to be more of a reality. So this is why I begrudgingly hate this movie. I begrudgingly like this movie just because I think I like a lot of what it's trying to do and, and the stuff that it succeeds overall. I love it. I love its enthusiasm. I just don't like the execution. Um, and I have a lot of problems with the execution, really. And I think it could have been way better. And all that stuff we said already. Um, so yeah. Um, I think that's that might be it. Oh, have you guys seen... How many Marilyn Monroe movies have you guys seen? Luke, how many have you seen? I can't... Think I don't one? think I've seen any. Some Like It Hot? Have you seen, have you seen that? I, I, yeah, I think I saw that one. Yeah. Probably her most popular one. No? Give or take. Give or take. Roth? I think I've seen like two. Maybe three. Hmm. Uh, a few years back, uh, I don't know, there was like a deal. Maybe on Amazon or Blu-ray.com back then. when that was there. Um, Where they had like a pack... Of Marilyn Monroe movies, I had Niagara in it, had Bus Stop, had Gentlemen's Preferred Blondes, had Some Like It Hot, had like six or seven of them, and I binge watched a bunch of them because I, I hadn't seen a bunch of you know I've only seen like Some Like It Hot and uh, the Gentlemen's Preferred Blondes. Uh, I had only seen those two, and like damn, I'm like I'm really back behind on Monroe. So I saw a bunch of them. So a lot of that, a lot of those scenes that she was doing, like, oh yeah, I, I remember that. And I actually really like the technique they used to, to when they were showing Anna de Armas playing a scene that was famous in the movie. They did a really good job to reenact it exactly right, because they had Jack Lemon be the yeah. Jack Lemon, right? Uh, but like, yeah, uh, MGM cool. gave him permission to use that footage. That was cool. They did yeah. that really effortless. It would seem perfectly in there. I don't know about you guys, but yeah, no, I, I thought, thought it was really was well awesome. done. That was a really yeah. cool technique. Um, Anyway, that's it, right? On this movie, you're I think good? So. Um, yeah. what's up? What do you think about that? Just that guy pretending to be her father. I think it was some fan taking advantage. No, no, it it was Cass. Oh, it was Cass. That's right. My bad. It was it was Cass. My my bad. For the longest time, I thought it was some fan. Thing. And I <laughs> oh, that's exactly what I thought. Some guy yeah. trying to make a quick buck, you know? Yeah. yeah oh, but, well, I, what do I think about that? Um, it's kind of fucked up, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I would. He probably would say in his own way he's just trying to help her, yeah. to kind of give her some sort of like peace or hope about something. But 
Yeah, no. Pretty, pretty, pretty bad move. <laughs> yeah. No shit. Yeah. I mean, uh, do you think the same, Roth? No, yeah, he's a fucking total piece of shit towards the end. I mean, mm-hmm. that especially when even the gift he left her, right? Yeah, the plushie. It was the plushie, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 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 I yeah. know. Nah, no, no, no good. And, uh, she was right. She did not want that gift. Uh, yeah, no, uh, sure. Yeah. Nope. All right, that's it for Blonde. We're going to take a break. When we come back, um, we're going to review our last movie, part of our marathon, which is what, Luke? Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah, let's read it. Find out. After a stint in a medical institution, former teacher Pat Solitano moves back in with his parents and tries to reconcile with his ex-wife. Things get more challenging when Pat meets Tiffany, a mysterious girl with problems of her own. Silver Linings Playbook, 2020, uh, 2012, uh, by the David O. Russell that we just talked about recently, mm-hmm. starring Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Lawrence, Robert mm-hmm. De Niro, Jackie Weaver, Chris Tucker, other people, Julia Stiles. I didn't even know she still acted. Yeah. She's in the new uh, Orphan, uh, Orphan movie, the prequel, First Kill. Hmm. Pretty great, by the way. Pretty good in that movie. Um, not to mention, she was in one of the Bourne movies in that time, by the way. Right, Ruff? Yes. I think you're a bigger Bourne fan. That's what I said. Um, Jason Bourne? Right. Yes. Is there another one? I don't know. I don't know. No, the, the name of the movie was Jason Bourne. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. And the Bourne Ultimatum. The Bourne Supremacy. Yeah. And the born identity. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So go ahead. Sorry, this movie. Why'd you pick it? Well, I had to pick a movie from 10 years ago. Oh, that's right. And you <laughs> wow. were like, oh, David Russell double feature. Right. Right. Uh, because. <laughs> David. But we're doing movies that we enjoyed 10 years, 20, and 30 years ago, or movies from that time. Well, that we feel deserve a 10 year Deserve. Uh, yes. Mm. Yes. And yeah, I mean, this is one of them. How do you want to start? I don't know why you're waiting for me to ask you. <laughs> like, you will fucking know how it works. I got kind of got distracted. Okay. <clears throat> Stop looking at porn. No. Or Anna, there are my posters. They're not on sale yet. No, that's you. Not yet. <laughs> Doing that after this. Lord. All right. So, uh, obviously, I picked this movie because it's one of the my favorite movies of all time. And it just so happened to come out 10 years ago. It's a fun romantic comedy with some of the best dialogue and a lot of crazy people. Some some admit it, some hide it, some think they don't have it. I think one person is stable in this movie. Chris Tucker. No, the mom. No. It's the mom. No, not the, not the mom. Not Dude, the mama. Not of stable not in that the house. Mom. Dude, no one is not of stable in that house. This movie is like a psychiatrist's wet dream. You're like <laughs> everyone's fucked up. Or chronic nightmare. I don't know if they want to deal with it. Actually, I'm thinking about it. No, there's only one stable person. There's exactly one. I did a count. Okay. While watching it. Who's the stable person? The psychiatrist. Mm, he's an Eagles fan. No. Okay, well that's that's the location, right? right. That means right. can't blame him for that. Rob, you know sports fans, right? That you, that's it, right? You're sports yeah, fans, that's the Chicago fans. Yeah. Right, right. So right. he's a he's a stable. He's the only stable character. 
<laughs> saying, I mean, I think, I, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, how is probably the probably the yeah the, the, the police officer? Might be no, stable. no, no, not stable. You try to take advantage of this girl, right? Like, oh, hey, you're this guy's wife. I heard you're yeah. hmm, you're a slut. Yeah. Want to go for a drink? Yeah. His neighbors? No, they were trying to film the whole fucking disaster and <laughs> laugh at this fucking guy's face for it. Right. Don't tell me about Julia Stiles and her, her husband because her husband oh, is severely stressed. <laughs> so stressed. Dude, I never not laugh. When he's... <laughs> Dude, he is the most put upon fucking husband I've ever fucking seen in a movie. Also, depicted. the dated, the datedness of those iPods, iPods uh, yeah. connectors. Yeah, Mega death. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, what do you guys uh, think? Uh, two movies, the hero in it, ten years apart. Well, this good. Way, he's way more into this movie. Um, you can yeah. see how he brought up. His fucking son in this. I, I, I think the most damaged person in here is the Nero. Yeah, and the one that will never be checked on because of he's already too old and it's like... <laughs> we accept that superstition and all that stuff. You know? Yeah, the juju, right? The yeah. juju, yes. Yeah. I really want her homemade, by the way. I saw her rolling it up and showing Chris Tucker. What is that? I want to make that. Yeah. At the, at the end of the movie. Um but I don't know. That's Philadelphia talk. I don't know what homemades are. That's right, really right, right. Anything. If I tap into Google, it'd be like, are you a turtle? I'm like, no, I'm not. Sorry. Um, anyway. So, uh, I don't know. What do you want to start with this? Anyone? I just want to because I hate starting everything. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm just going to reemphasize that my love for the dialogue in this movie is what makes it. That's what makes it? Yes, for me. And a little, little bit of Jennifer Lawrence. Are you sure it's not a lot of it? I remember you clearly oh. raging hard on for J-Law and um, back in 2012. How before that? I don't think we knew much of before yeah, that. We've seen, no. like, Winter's Bone. Yeah, we've seen her I didn't work. see Winter's Bone until after. No, well, she wasn't. No, she was too young then. But after Winner's Bone, I was going to say, didn't she make the first uh, mocking thing? E- oh, yeah, that was around the same time, I guess. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah, this is our decade right here. Right. Yeah, I guess. And Tell me why Carol. I forgot Chris Tucker's in this movie until I saw Chris Tucker in the movie. <laughs> um, yeah, this movie is uh, it's, it's comedic gold. It does everything in threes just right. Kind yeah. of too, as like a very three step scenario to a lot of these jokes and steps and scenarios, like with the cop, even um, with Chris Tucker, of course, the first time. And like, well, you meet him, right? Uh, you know, yeah. at the beginning, getting uh, what's Bradley Cooper's name in the movie? I forgot. Sal? Pat. Uh, Pat, sorry. Um, Pat, you know, and he's like, oh, yeah, my friend's coming with me. He's out too. And he turns out he wasn't out. And that's like, oh, that's funny. And he comes back, like, oh, yeah, they had this weird law. We're like, oh, okay. His mental and hygiene gets- law. A mental hygiene law, right? And like, okay, but he sounds so convincing saying it. Really and, <laughs> and like, okay, you kind of write it off, and they're like talking about football and shit. And then the cops come, and like, oh, she's lying, and it's so funny. And the third time isn't the reveal that he's gonna get caught; it's that he's free for real. Which I was right. doubting on my way. Like, right? I'm like, where are the cops? Up? I'm yeah. looking for police cars in the background. It is funny. Yeah. It is really funny. It is. Um, it works. And he goes off like, oh, I'm going to talk to this girl, you know, meet this girl. And so, 
you don't know how successful he'll be. He comes when we see him at the end at the ballroom dance at the actual dance competition. He has that girl next to him in his arm. You know that he talks about like he that guy's living his best life. Oh, That's yeah. what I'm saying. You ain't lying. Yeah. Uh, did we ever? Do they ever say if Pat's autistic? I don't think they say that. He has something. It's bipolar. That's what he has. He's got bipolar, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think her too. I'm not sure though. Yeah. Don't yeah. don't call me on that. Uh, I, but I know they take very similar. I, I think metal. I think one of my favorite scenes is still with their when she's he orders the raisin bread. Yeah. <laughs> and the tea. <laughs> and the tea. And, and she's like, "Do you think you're better than me? Like, like less crazier than less me? crazy than me?" And she's like, well, yes. "I don't think we could. I don't think we could be come together." And I'm just like, like <laughs> "No, what? Dude. dude." I just think what he said, like the way he looks at her, he's like, "I mean, like, yeah, what do you mean?" <laughs> Like yeah. you could like, tell, like he's like, "Fuck, I have to hold myself back here somehow," but I have to be truthful because I'm always truthful, you know. Uh, no, yeah. uh, my scene is the, like, when they no first filter. when they first meet and they're having the dinner at her sister's house, and they're talking about like what medication they took and how it, like knocked them out. Yeah, yeah that's and my favorite they're both like no filters on either of them. Well, what's yeah. great about that scene is that they have something in common. That, but it's fucked up, right? And it's ca- almost taboo in a weird normal right. society, right? What? Uh, but and the other guys, right? The other, the other exactly air quotes. The other two, uh, what's it called Ronnie and uh, Veronica, right? Are like you guys are kind of crazy, like talking about <laughs> just us, right? Instead of embracing that they have something in common and just being like, "That's cool," I would have nothing. To, I would, I wouldn't know any of that, and kind of just like talking about it, just like letting it go. It, I think they can't. Is. But they the they're like, fucked up too, fucked. but they won't talk about it. Right, Whereas, thing. Oh. it's just like, oh yeah, guys, they're these guys embrace that they're fucked up. You yeah, guys, but that's living. also a whole three step reveal too, yeah. where it gets better. Like it really, it really, lo- this movie, this script really loves its characters. It wants the best for all of them. Yeah. Ronnie and Veronica, which is except like Ronnie Rand. and Ronnie, right? Yeah. Huh? Except for who? Except for Randy. Except for Randy. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. Fuck Randy, who's also fucking psycho in his own way. Yeah. <laughs> fucking so. He's a he's a psycho. He's a sociopath. I think. Um, <laughs> like, I'll take that bet. You ruin your entire life. Sure, I'll pretend I don't want it, but I really want I'm, it. I'm your best friend. I'll take all your money. I'll sure. take all your money as your best friend. Gladly yeah. do that. That's my job. Um, and the cop obviously barely counts. Um, but everyone else, like you know, like when you see them again at the dance competition, Ronnie, whatever, Ronnie again, the guy. Um, like he talks, he's giving good advice. Like, no, he should have his chance to talk to her. Like all this stuff he's saying, all the positive health things that uh, Pat's saying at the beginning to him yeah. when he's talking about how, how he just goes to <laughs> to the fucking garage and beats up hookers or whatever he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, you know, right? And sex well, workers. Sorry, right? And um, no, yeah. it it is. It's funny because it's very much dismissed, right? Yeah, they're talking about it, and it's very Ron, You have to pay. You, have to you, you do have to pay attention to the dialogue. Yeah, Roddy's talking to him. And he's telling him about his problems. That's just like that's not right, bro. That's like, not right. Should, yeah. Like that's not right. He's like, you should have like a loving relationship. Like, like you should really work You're on not it. supposed to be happy. I'm like, right. who says that? No one says that. Says that. Right. Wait, no one says that. Right. He's like, you should work on that. And he's yeah. telling them all these things, but while the guy's just venting to him, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's just like, yeah, I don't know. Like, you're, but you're, it goes through to him. Excelsior work on it. It really does because yeah. he's, he's also like Pat's <laughs> looking at him. like you're acting a little crazy. Like you need to relax, bro. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it is good. The yeah, movie I does just, want best for everybody except for Randy. <laughs> yeah, but even at the end, he's still like I stepped in the home. He's still there every day. Yeah. Whatever, he's fine. Um, he's still trying to get his money back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's trying bets. to get his money back. Right. Um, also, the fucking brother, piece of shit. Uh, what's it 
called Jake. He's also nuts, though. Oh, he is. He is nuts. Who does that? Who does that? Goes Who like- says that? Literally points out every single problem you have <laughs> and every counterpoint where you have every benefit of. Right. As a way to say, like, I can't say these things to you as right. you're saying, like, psycho. Right, right, right. I would right. say this is all kishi behavior then, talk. Right. We're not really saying psycho. Okay. No, no, no. I don't. But the movie's about mental illness. I don't want. It is. It is. It is. I don't want to. But and then this is how you know the, the whole family's fucked up because everyone's like, "Well, at least you guys are getting along finally." Right. That's getting along. Like that's getting along. Like what are you talking about? I guess like, eternal, eternal silence. Mom, better than dad, that. you guys should be saying something yeah. about like, "Hey, stop being a piece of shit to your fucking brother." Right. Yeah. You know, like be happy for what you got and just be happy. You know, like that he's doing better. That's it. That's all you should be saying. And everyone's just like, all oh, these guys are going to get in a fight, so who gives a fuck? I'm just like, what? Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's weird how Tiffany is one of the most, like, what's, like, <laughs> like, one of the, one of the most, like, uh, what's it called? The, the people that makes the most sense in this movie. Because, again, she's fucked up, too. Like, and she's yeah. telling you she's fucked up. I, I would say she's had a, a little more of a handle on her mental illness. Yeah. Um, only in the sense, I mean, not in the sense of like, you know, finding someone to, uh, you know, be with, not yet, that's the whole point of the movie, but like, uh, in other ways, like she uses her, <laughs> I don't want to say mental illness to advantage, but like she uses her irks to advantage to like do the research, to have that whole fucking thing where she describes every single time that, what, what, what was the name of the, the giants? The Eagles. Eagles, sorry. The Eagles won when Pat was with her. Right down to a and fucking the, tea, a and not only like the Eagles, but like other Philly. Right? Were you searching Excelsior? That it was a New York thing or whatever. The New York like, motto. Right. <laughs> right. Like, dude. Like, who the fuck places a better the guy who says Excelsior? And what she, the fuck you do your thing? Her mic drop. Her mic drop is like, I just do research and take a swig of beer, which is a perfect. Dude, that was amazing. Which, That's like, you know what's funny? The research yeah. is right. The shit that she threw out that his dad gave him. <laughs> That's 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 not that's not bad. Um, but still, my favorite dialogue I think between them is the, is their first encounter. Like, because the guy's telling him, like, what happened to Tommy? Oh, he died. Like, how did he die? Like, don't talk to her about it. And the first fucking thing he says, yeah, how did Tommy die? That man has <laughs> no filter. It's amazing. Like that and the dinner and like leading up to like, uh, I'll let you fuck me if you long as you turn the lights out. All that is my yeah. favorite. My favorite. Like, I can't stand fuck. I can't stand the Eagles. I can't stand the Eagles. But you right. can still fuck me if you turn the lights out. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, which is like clearly like a form of test with her. Like him saying yeah. no. What, right. When do you guys think uh, you realize that he's in love with her? Well, he said, and, and this is Grant says, a pat with no filter, but is it a filter that's true to himself? I don't know. But he says uh, when at the very end when he reveals that the note, that he knew what the note was, was from her and all that. Um and makes her read his note yeah. that I loved you. I loved you since the first day I met you. He says that. Do you guys yeah. believe that? It just took him uh, a long time, a longer time to realize oh, it. I, I think, uh, I think that's not untrue, but I think it's, um, I think there's a point. There's for me, the, the scene that I guess like tells you that he loves her is when he literally just talks to this guy who she just texted to come over. And he's yeah, like, yeah, that's hey, a good one. That's, he's like, hey, buddy. He's like, no, no, no. He's like, I, I get it. Like, she's, she's like, I, I know what better. you're doing. Yeah. Like, but right. she's, she's like, she's getting better. Don't worry about it. Hey, man. Yeah, she's on. a bird with a broken wing. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> the way he says everything. Though, I, I love like, that, that guy. So he's like, she just texted me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, I, I didn't do anything. <laughs> right. All I did was wake up in the morning. Right, right, right. right. 
Yeah, yeah. But that guy was thirsty. He <laughs> fucking came in rolling. <laughs> well, like, it's J Law. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, yeah. she texted me today. I'm leaving right now. Oh no, of course like, it's done. Um, I wouldn't have to explain it. Um, arguably, uh, the scene where um. Obviously, it's not the love scene because I agree with Roth on that. I think that's probably when he fell in love with her. But like for, <laughs> um, and the raising brand Daniel thing, uh, when he's asking like asking her questions about like what she how she get fired how she oh, get yeah. fired from her job. She's like doing all these every she was fucking everyone in the office, women, and yeah. like all oh, these she, she like you sat on her lap. And like in the way he said, like, oh, he's, yeah, like, he's yeah. such a pervert. He's like, right, right. I couldn't talk about this with my ex, with my wife, you know. He's so happy to be able to talk to uh, someone about it. Yeah. Um. Also, lends to that. Yeah. You know. Uh, so, and my thing, he's in the denial that he's crazy. Pat, Tiffany fully acknowledges it. That hey, I'm crazy. Whatever. The father just like, it's a superstition and juju. The mother just allows all this shit to happen. She's yeah. just like Stockholm syndrome. I don't know. No, yeah, that's very classic to uh, older yeah. gen kind of behavior. The brother's like a narcissist or something. Let's just say that. <laughs> what? The brother's like a narcissist. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think you. Every major kind of like a mental thing is in this movie and personified in some way with everyone. You know. Um, yeah, I would. I would agree to that. Um, here's the thing. So the. Now, the movie really strictly follows, though, Pat. And it follows Pat in his head. We don't follow anyone else's head. Mm-hmm. You know, if you guys notice that. Um, you know, everything he's figuring out, we're figuring out with him, for the most part. Yeah. Um, right? Especially with the letters and stuff, which feels very reminiscent of uh, You've Got Mail or The Shop Around the Corner. Mail, motherfucker. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but uh, the, the beginning of all this... It's uh, it's a little harrowing. It's like it doesn't start fucking you know hilarious. It's like when you get up to like from the beginning to the therapist uh, first session, like you get the full scope right roughly. Do you guys agree with the nature of his predicament? Like how it turned out. Do you do you? I mean, do you guys not agree with? But like, do you guys maybe agree with is right? Maybe that's better. Like how he was ostracized. Yeah, oh, I mean, no, I, who wouldn't I, beat the fuck out of the guy? Well, fucking to be honest with you, it house? sounds extremely shitty. Yeah, it does. I'm saying, who wouldn't? I would. I I would do something. Yes, I might. I I would overreact. Yeah, I, I would too. I don't know. Well, it's funny. I don't know. <laughs> it's funny. It happened last Tuesday. I didn't overreact. <laughs> maybe for, no. I'm just trying to think. I I don't know. Maybe like even two years ago. I think. Yeah, I would totally beat the. I would probably kill the guy almost. Mm-hmm. But like very much to the point, right? Like what he did. Um, but I think now I would probably break the shit out of something and then I would just probably just walk away. But at the same time, it would be like, you know, you're like, you're dead to me. Like, moment, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, it, it is crazy that it's crazy to think that I say crazy, I know, but it's crazy <laughs> yeah. to think that he, that he is very much like almost in the wrong and everyone's like, well, you did the wrong thing. He goes, and then, yeah, even the doctor tells him, like, well, you know, like, one moment can be the, the moment, right? It's all, all it takes is one, one yeah. thing, right? Yeah, and you I, only I, get I, one shot. Right, one opportunity. Um, nice. Wrong city, but anyways. Um, so, and it feels like that, but it's, like, it's it's shitty because he's, like, well, everything was potentially was going good before that. Like, his life was in some way in order, right? I guess he never, 
but but it wasn't. That's what the reality was, right? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Well, obviously, it's ultimate ultimately better. He would even agree now. Obviously, not. Yeah. Uh, respect, but like that's way better now to do that. Uh, he finds it out. He gets diagnosed before, like you know, before than later. Right? Yeah. Than later, right? That's I, one. I also do feel like um, this movie because uh, they talk about a lot about like pills, right? Like and just like taking medication and stuff like that. I also feel like uh, this movie comes out probably maybe five years later. And uh, we would have a different conversation about the meds he's taking or how much of a dosage of stuff he's taking. Um, I think back then it's very still Lucy. Well, yeah, I think this movie did like did, did, did like open up a lot of people's viewpoint, like eyes on uh, well, at least empathy wise. Because on, I, I've like, always understanding right, people that go through this stuff, right? Because I've always thought, and he yeah. has the right mentality. He's like, well, I'm going to work it out. Like, I'm just going to like I'm just going to use exercise to get yeah. it out of me. You know, like yeah. get this energy, get this all this shit out of me, and it makes sense. He just has. Tons of it because he's running around the whole fucking Philadelphia. He's running everywhere. <laughs> he's reading books like it's just like <laughs> right, right, right. Job, like, he's obviously like an intelligent guy, you know. Like he's be yeah. smart, right, or something like that. God, he's um, so mad about that book, though. <laughs> but at the same time, he does have issues, and you're like, some medication would work. But he's even telling you, like, all these conversations he has with on the dinner table about just like, oh man, that baby's just, like, I don't even know what's going on. That I take those meds, you know, like he says all these things, and just like like no one understands them because he's like, guys, it makes me feel shitty. Like, and he's telling everybody it makes me feel shitty, but like, well, they're supposed to help you. You don't know that, like, you don't know anything. I'm the one taking them. I'm telling you how I feel. You know, like he's just like, I just want to do it my way, and I get it. I get it from his perspective too. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to be on the meds all day. I hate taking meds now longer than fucking like a day or two. Should like, I forget you know? about him? It's like, oh yeah, I gotta take this shit. God damn. Well, vitamins, sorry, but medication. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. What about you, Luke? Do you, what do you feel about that? Uh, the the crux that, ha- that, led, that, that led to everything, the whole cheating thing, how the whole town kind of turns on them, well, neighborhood anyway. <laughs> so it's funny because, like, at first I was doubting his story because there was that time when they were, like, saying, like, how he had this whole, you know, the whole thing with, like, the um, there were his wife and the teacher, like, embezzling money or whatever the hell they were doing. And I was just like all in his head. So then I'm like, wait, then was that other thing also in his head where he went crit, where he thought he saw him in the shower? But I'm like, no, because I guess he did get jailed for that. So he had to, you know. Yeah, eight months in a clinical, right? Yeah. A clinic, whatever. So at first I was just like really weird. Like, did it actually happen or do we think it happened because he's telling us that's what happened? Yeah, no. And it sounds like a road thing. Like he's been, he's like, he's gotten used to reciting the events. Like, you know, in a way that sounds like he's been in a clinic for eight months. <laughs> yeah, it's it's crazy to me, though. To, to I don't think anyone says it in the movie, and I could be wrong, to not say, like, I would have beat the fuck out of him, too. I would have done the same. Because everybody in yeah. Philadelphia would have beat the fuck out of him. I'm sorry especially, to say it. Especially, Every, especially Philadelphia. Everybody yeah. in Philadelphia would have beat the fuck out of that guy. Now, would they have done it to that extent? Probably not. But everybody would have beat the fuck out of him. There's no way you're not. How do you not? Like, it's just... Yeah. Uh, do you guys do you guys miss any kind of like uh, uh, further background information on the wife at all? I mean, we or having her be a character more or less more into it. I mean, we really there's so little about her. I guess we just know she's a cheating hoe. Yeah, but like you know, like was she at all ostracized? Like, what was? It doesn't seem like to have anything happened to her, right? For the, I'm not saying it was her fault that he has bipolar. But 
not like nothing is her fault, right? And I don't know how common am I supposed to take this as uh, like uh, something that you know it's the bigger the bigger crime uh, it makes the the other one ignore right it shadows overshadows the the smaller one I guess right and no one pays attention to that at all feels like that a little bit yeah you know I don't know but Nikki's still like it it does feel like I don't know in a weird in a weird way it does feel like what you're saying is kind of like. Like, she's to blame, but no one cares to blame her. Yeah, well, I'm you know, I'm not trying to say. I'm just trying to say like a different, another perspective on what Pat used to be. Yeah, right. Um, like how he really was as a husband. Right. A little. Right. But I mean, obviously, we didn't need that. I'm fine with the movie. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying, would you guys have wanted that? I feel like I I wouldn't have minded something. I don't know how you fit it in there because the movie is very tightly scripted. So it's like it's again, I don't want to fuck with it. But like I would like to see something. Yeah. You know, is what I'm trying to get at. Um I'm not trying to be like, oh man, we should hung hang every cheater or anything like that. No, but like it feels like nothing happened from that. <laughs> also. Um I said that she got a restraining order, right? Right. Yeah. Which was they were trying to break. Yeah. What do you think of the dance thing? Like the lead up to the letter and the so dance competition. Weird. Like that was the that was probably the one thing, and it, the movie needs it, of course. But like, that was the one thing that kind of felt like, oh, it's a little shoehorned, a little like, oh, okay, they just have to get the bar going. Her reasoning is is great, is right, um, but like, it's it's funny how they are like testing each other to hang out more, <laughs> you know, like because some of those times when he's running out there, this is before the dancing of the, or practicing starts happening, right? When he's running on the streets and he's looking for her, expecting her, right, to interrupt him, mm-hmm. right, and and then she yeah. doesn't at first, and then she doesn't a moment later, right, like all that is like them playing games with each other. Like he's already probably like falling for her a little bit. Um, yeah, very very good movie. I find it very endearing. Um, ultimately, I love the last shot. It's great. It's just a great little caber to that. Like shows like the the family household being happy. It's great. You know. Um. Yeah, but anything else, guys, or or anything else you guys want to mention or talk about? One day I'll read the book that it's based off on. One day. I I don't. You know, I, I'm a. I think on this one I probably would skip it. But if you read it, let me know. I would right. like to hear that book report. <laughs> okay. How many paragraphs? I I said hear it. You can just tell me. Um. <laughs> all right. You done? You go? You go off too? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Ten right. years ago, too. Yeah, ten year anniversary of Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, one last thing. Sorry, um, Loki. I would have preferred. I think a better title for this movie is Excelsior. <laughs> um, and I think that they. I think I'm pretty sure that this probably was a title that Dave probably wanted, but Excelsior probably sounds too fantasy or something else in a movie theater, right? So, so Lane's playbook probably seems more likely. I get why it's called that, but like, uh, I think Excelsior is like a more of a perfect title uh, for this movie. Just saying. Um, all right. So that is it for our review of Silver Lining's playbook and our tenth year uh, anniversary entry. Next time, well, you know, we're doing our twenty years, right? Anyway, um, and that is it for our show. You have been listening to another movie podcast. Do not forget that we come out every other Wednesday. So next Wednesday, or next time, I mean, uh, Raf, you are choosing the movies. 
why don't you start with our tw- your 20th anniversary film pick? Okay. What is that? Uh, my 20th anniversary is Matt Damon's movie, um, The Born Identity. The Born Identity came out 20 years ago. Huh? Man, we're old. Mm. Yeah, we are. Just well, saying. More Julia Stiles. That's uh, right. That's that right. Yeah. She's yeah, in the first one. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, uh, and then for your other two uh, picks. Oh, yeah. I'm um, sticking to, I guess, uh, I do definitely want to watch a horror movie, uh, another one before the, the month of October is over. So we're going to watch, we're going to watch Watcher. Um, oh, Watcher. That's, yes. That's on, that's on Shutter. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can watch it there. And then the other movie we're going to watch in theaters, that's called the Triangle or Triangle of Sadness. Not the, just Triangle of Sadness. Okay, Triangle of Sadness. Yeah, uh, all three of these look fascinating. I can't wait to see them. All three very different kinds of movies, too, by the way. Yeah. All right, guys. uh, So that's in store for the next show. Until then, I am Oscar. And Luke. And Ralph. See you later. In case I don't see you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night.